guys we're back we're back it's beyond the veil horror podcast whoa 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 beyond the veil horror podcast yes oh my god <laughs> at least i showed up at the right house yeah i'm glad we're here well all we're here but are we here that's a that's a good existential question i don't yeah. know we took a lot of lsd uh mushrooms mushrooms uh, a little bit of heroin yeah, yeah. i soaked a tampon with Some vodka glands, stuck in my ass you know? <laughs> What did yeah. you say? Some we were, adrenal glands. Yeah, we were chewing on a fucking like uh, adrenal gland. <laughs> uh, I'm high as fuck right now. Yeah. No sympathy for the devil. Buy the ticket, take the ride. <laughs> uh, but no, yeah, we're back. We got a great new show for you. We're going to be honoring this month again with a episode that's kind of dedicated to women for the Women in Horror Month uh, for February. It's the eighth annual year. If you haven't noticed already, we've been posting it on all of our social media, on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Horror Amino. And if you don't know what Horror Amino is, what the fuck is wrong with you? Go to your Android or uh, iOS store and fucking get it, dude. Yeah, it's not hard. Yeah, it's a great community. I'm giving some major blowjobs here to the uh, Horror Amino guys. (laughs) But seriously, I really love it. It's like one of my most stopped at places. But yeah, enough of that uh, hand jobbery. Hand jobbery? No, but yeah, big shout out to Horror Amino. Jibba jabba. Uh, those guys always support the shit out of us. So. It's fantastic. Thanks, guys. At least somebody supports us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're just like talking to ourselves. We, right. we were going to not, we weren't even going to send these to people outside of the uh, uh, studio here. We were just going to keep them to ourselves and just <laughs> pass, listen to them. Pass them around the room. <laughs> just get a mirror and masturbate to ourselves. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah, just in a row, like three mirrors, three guys. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so we got a great new episode for you guys. We're going to be talking about pregnant horror. But we're calling it Baby on Board. And so these are all movies that are basically about pregnant women in horror movies. Mm. And it's another way that we're trying to honor women in horror this month. Right. So Baby on Board is basically just uh, that. It's just horror movies with pregnant women in them. And we just picked a few that we thought were good. But first off, I think we should talk about maybe what we've been doing. Oh. There's some big things, huh? Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, well, like what have oh. you guys been doing? Ah, yeah, Mike. What you been up to, man? Uh, really, dude. I've been watching some. You know, okay. There's a couple things I've been up to. First of all, I started watching Supergirl. Oh, Ugh. really? Yeah, dude. I, well, is it, it good? Well, this is the thing. I don't want to be judgmental, but I've not been the least interested. No, I just hate uh, Superman. I hate Superman. No, I'm, the I thing is, Supergirl. I, I'm with you a thousand percent. The thing is, like, I never wanted to watch The Flash because The Flash was going to be stupid. I'm like, I'm fucked The Flash. I'm not going to watch it. A lot of people that. liked it, though. But I watch it. And I'm like, you know, it's not that bad. Right. And then I'm like, you know what? I'll watch Supergirl. I don't know if it's going to be any good. I'm like, you know what? I hate Superman, but 
It's not that bad. So you watch Supergirl. Have you seen Daredevil? Oh, Daredevil's fantastic. Oh, dude, it's so awesome. The guy that got to play Pigpen. Who was his name? The guy who was in the cell? I don't remember. I can't remember his name. He's been in a couple of horror oh, Are you talking about Je- D'Onofrio? D'Onofrio, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I He's didn't fanta- know that was him. He's fantastic. Yeah. He's fantastic. But no, I, I did that. I've been watching that. And uh, nothing against my wife, Laura, uh, but she locked me outside of my house. And I had to jump the fence and break, oh. break into my back back window to get inside the house. Yeah, it was crazy. Tell us a little bit about that. It's a story real uh, quick. Well, she was going to work, and I was going to do some weeds because I had weeds in the front yard, and I didn't want the uh, HOA bitching at me and sending us a fine. Yeah, they don't like pot growing in your front yard. <laughs> <laughs> oh, because cutting edge, cutting edge. <laughs> but um, so I, I go outside to do some, you know, uh, pick some weeds and uh, – she leaves and she locks the door, but I don't have my keys and shit on me. So I don't realize till like 30, 40 minutes later that I don't have my phone, my wallet, or my keys. And I'm like totally trapped outside my house. And I'm seriously, I can't get over the fence to get in the backyard. You're like because pacing. It, it sucked, man. I literally pictured me spending the entire day on a bucket drinking hose water. To make a very long story short, he drove the car into the house just to get inside. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I had to pull some... Uh, well, it, it's kind of an interesting thing. Like, I don't want to go too far into this. You MacGyvered that shit. Well, it's like a... So if you guys want to know how to get into this house. <laughs> well, this is something I, I realized that I've realized from other situations. When I was younger, I played a lot of point-and-click adventures, right? Video games? Oh, yeah, yeah. Like uh, Sierra games. Yeah. But what those games teach you to do is realize what items you have available and how to utilize them to accomplish the task. Right. So, like, I ser- literally was like, okay, I'm trapped outside my house. How do I get inside? Okay. All my doors and... It's like a puzzle. Win- yeah, all my doors and windows are locked. All I have are, are like, three potted plants and a bucket. You know, can I can I pile these high enough to get over my fence? No, I can't. See, and, and I'm like, that's also a skill that comes in hand if you're a stoner. You don't have anything to smoke. You're like, All right, I got an apple, I got a pen. All right, how are we gonna make this work? <laughs> I've made bongs out of less, bro. <laughs> so literally, I was like, I couldn't figure this out, and then like, I was looking at her car, and I'm like. Okay, I can't use her car for anything because I can't like wheel it to like jump on it. But I have a, a a keyboard stand for my other band in the back of my car. Right. So I'm not gonna say how I got into my car, but I got into my car, pulled out the keyboard stand, used it as a ladder to get into the back back area of my house. Right. And the minute it was the back area of my house, I was like, okay. And it literally was like a video game. And like I saw a ladder. Okay, cool. I can get back in the front yard if I need to. I have this step ladder if I need it. And I go, I need a tool because I need to pull off one of my windows. Where do I have a tool? Oh, there's a multi-tool that I left outside one time. Open the multi-tool, popped off the the screen, opened the, you know, one of the windows was open. And, <laughs> and I rolled it into the couch and stuff. It literally was a, a living video game. That's awesome. Because like, and when I immediately when I think when you leave a multi-tool out back, is like, hey, Anybody want to rob my house? <laughs> like, how can I make this easier for you? <laughs> it was crazy, but I got inside and, uh, yeah. Yeah. That did was... you have a, did you drink or something like a celebration? <laughs> oh, you know, it's, I like, did. Yeah, it's like a fucking, like, you know, I got inside pass. and I'm like, fuck, <laughs> I was, I was flipping out, man. I drank like a motherfucker. Like, like then you were probably all amped up and you were like, God damn, man, that was, uh, that was something else. I'm, I'm just glad I didn't fall off the fucking goddamn, I, you know, uh, fence when i climbed I picture over. you like rolling over the the fence <laughs> <laughs> not like like some cool maneuver just like <laughs> I, I literally had the, the one of the thoughts i had one of the, the plots was to uh, water the ground under the fence and make it all muddy and bust one of the pots the clay pots and use part of it as, a, as like a spade and dig a hole so this, i could climb under the yeah, fence this is where point and click went too far <laughs> <laughs> Ah, uh, well, that's what I did. Okay, what about what about you? Patrick? Yeah, what about you, Patrick? I I, I, did, I haven't been up much. A little bit of work here and there. Um, 
I recently got addicted to a new video game. Oh, I think yeah. you played a little bit with me, For Alex. For Honor. For Honor, oh, yes. yes. For Honor. For Honor. For Honor. For Honor. Honor. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's Honor. like uh, cool. you can be knights. Um, samurai. Samurai. Or, or Vikings. Or Vikings, yeah. This mm-hmm. is pretty cool. Oh, it was pretty Pretty realistic awesome. for the most part. I mean, I'm right. sure you could make it harder, but why? And it's a game that hasn't been done before. Yeah, I mean it's been done in a sense, but not to the multiplayer. It has been done. It did. It, they did a multiplayer game called uh, Chivalry. That okay. was very similar to it, but not as as uh, what, what did you do specific? In the game? It was a just like bit... a first person. Um, what you like? You like swords op- and shit? Oh, you, you didn't open doors for girls and like lay down your coat. To <laughs> <laughs> That's really dumb. <laughs> Chivalry. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it's just like a first person like sword game but anyway continue on up uh, no that's pretty much what i've been up to a little bit of work here and there but mostly gaming so mostly gaming mostly right. gaming I, I have no life people he's got an addiction that's what he's got oh you know what else i did though what? uh lauren and i went to the uh, body art expo oh nice yeah uh, how was that it was actually kind of cool yeah, there wasn't as many vendors I would expect. Was there tattoo artists and stuff there? Or? Oh, that's all it was. It's all tattoo stuff. Okay, well, how many I, body mods did you see? Uh, not a lot of body mods, just a lot of tats. You know, but, it's by the way, I want to bring something up okay, about cool. body modification. I went to one of our horror groups that we do on Facebook. I think it's called like horror movies and scary. What's it called? Scary. What is it called? It's like horror movie and scary films or something like that. <laughs> I don't know. Someone posted a picture of some girl that was like all modded out. And for whatever reason, like, she just had, like, tattoos and, like, her whole face was modded out. And someone was like, what would you do if you saw this? And it was your first, it was your blind date. Oh, yeah, it was your blind date. And I was like, uh, say hello. (laughs) Like, what's up? How you doing? Ask how your day is. What do you want me to to buy you to drink? (laughs) Yeah, like, what the fuck kind of shit is that? People are wacko, man. I was like, that's really rude. Like, aren't they a part of the community? Right. I don't know. Maybe, you know, you just got horror people from all over the fucking world. So, you know, I don't know. I just thought it was kind of shitty. Yeah, it's pretty shitty. I don't know why I brought it up. But what about uh, you? me, um, I just been kind of busting my ass with trying to do all the stuff for the podcast. I have been trying to work on a little bit of music on the side, but I'm always scheming on doing stuff for the podcast, man. Like, it's like I live and breathe this shit. I did have a funny conversation with these guys called the Grave Plot Podcast. Oh, yeah, you were talking about that, dude. Do you remember when I mentioned to you, I was like, I think there's a podcast by the name of our segment, almost. <laughs> we call it Hashtag Grave Plots, which is our segment that we do every week for the past month. And I was like, oh, shit, I happen to see their name, and we follow them. I haven't listened to their podcast yet, but I uh, I saw them, and I posted something about, check out our new segment, The Grave Plots, it's awesome, blah, 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 blah. And they wrote, say what? <laughs> and I was like, oh, shit, the, the shit has hit the fan, man. No. So I wrote him. I was like, is everything OK? Because I really didn't. We weren't trying to stomp on your name by any means. And he was like, he just made a joke with me. He was like, nah, dude, I don't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> He's already cool. But he was cool as fuck. Yeah, and then we were like making fun of each other in private chat over Twitter. And then uh, I told him, I was like, hey, we got to have him on. And I, I can't remember for the life of me because my memory's like a cat and I'll fucking forget shit. Um, but I told him, I was like, they should come on our podcast to do our segment with oh, us sometime. Oh, sure, dude. That'd be fantastic. And I was like, I was like, we do it on Wednesdays. You got to check it out. And so that, like, he fucks with me. And it's cool. I like that. <laughs> right. Because, I, I, you know, I'm not expecting it. Because, you know, I may be a dick on here sometimes, but, like, in person, I'm, like, a really nice guy. 
You know what I mean? I can be a dick, but I'm just saying. <laughs> so, like, when he catches me off guard like that, it, like, I don't know. But if you guys get a chance, I'll put a link below. You should check out the Grave Plot podcast. Really cool guys. We're definitely going to have them on at some point, if they're fucking willing. Yeah. Pieces of shit. Motherfucker, yeah. <laughs> uh, other than that, I'm just really excited about fucking watching the new XX movie. I'm going to be doing a review of it. You're, so you're not coming to Film Bar with me, though? Fuck no, I'm not waiting a week to go see that movie. I've been waiting to see that movie for months now. Well, I've, why don't actually, you watch I, it? I, when I watched The Invitation, I knew that movie was coming out before it was even talked about. Really? Yeah. And I was like, oh shit, Karen Kusama's doing something else. XX. So by the time you hear this, it's out. But it's coming out in a couple of days. So I'm super stoked about it. You sure you don't want to come to Film Bar? No, I may. If I, if I like the movie, maybe I'll go. I know. Sorry. <laughs> Plus, I'm doing a review. I want people to check it out. If I like it, give my opinions about it and see what people, you know, I don't know. But yeah, if you guys hear this podcast, I probably already put up the review. So well, just check out YouTube. Mike. Anyway, but other than that, I really haven't been doing much. I did the Valentine's Day thing. I pretty much cleaned the entire house, except for in here as much. I did clean up in here, though. Pat had like 17 beer bottles everywhere, so I cleaned those up. Oh, yeah, you missed I had, one. I had some shit over here you picked up. Yeah, I did pick that up, actually. I know, you did a great I job. I found one. Oh, look at you. Oh, that's add to the collection, huh? <laughs> you talk about me cleaning up my cups outside, yet you'll leave yours in here. <laughs> that's a great candle holder right there. You can put a candle in there. <laughs> I can stick a you candle up a your ass if I wanted to. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but I think it might be about that time, guys. Oh my oh. God! Horseshoes! So today we have a special shot, and in the spirit of ingenuity, oh yes, we came up with it on the same day that we decided to record, <laughs> which is uh, kind of how we always do. Yeah, necessity is the mother of invention. I think you mean you. Yeah. Well, no, I came up with this one, but it just came to me. It made sense. So uh, <laughs> since since we're doing an episode about pregnant women, we have one ingredient called prego, traditional. <laughs> So, yes, we will be drinking Prego. <laughs> and the other ingredient is going to be... And we wanted to do raisins, but Mike wasn't paying attention. <laughs> I didn't find any raisins at the store, dude. What do I got? Oh, well, okay. So we're doing Prego, traditional. If you're not sure what Prego is, it's tomato paste, like sauce, for your spaghetti. <laughs> we got Smirnoff Vodka. And instead of raisins, which we were going to do, we've got chopped up chocolate coffee beans. Yeah. So just for the texture, which Patrick's been very upset about oh, yeah. since <laughs> I mentioned you it. better to move him. that uh, garbage pail over here. Dude. Which I, all, all it spells for me is perfection. Right. Pukefection. <laughs> I wanted chopped up cherries, but he wanted raisins. Yeah. But I now thought, we got espresso well, beans. So. Well, the name of the shot's called Afterbirth, guys. So I figured there's a lot of like little meatballs in the afterbirth. <laughs> little, little. Tiny. And I thought raisins look like meatballs, only smaller and more sweet. Well, first of all, I, I I don't think that we're trying to be a bartista. So I think we're just trying to do weird shit. So people are like, why would they drink that? Well, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> Some pop cherries in there, you know. So we'll go ahead. Oh, I forgot to go get the the chunky bits. We'll we'll sprinkle those in the shots. It's going to be disgusting, man. I, I seriously going to blow chunks. 
Oh, he's got all the chunky bits in a little shot glass. Yep. So we'll sprinkle these in afterwards. But yeah, I chopped up chocolate-covered coffee beans because Mike thought it was trail mix. <laughs> I thought but it this was works, it. too. I mean, like, whatever. Does it matter? It's almost like a Bloody Mary in a way. Yeah. Like, if we had... I was going to use El Pato sauce, which is a little spicier. I can drink that shit out of a can, dude. I love that stuff. I just thought Prego would be funny because it's Prego. <laughs> No, it totally is. It yeah. makes sense. It's all the stuff that comes out after the baby. So you got you got marinara sauce and espresso beans, both Italian. It's like a theme. Is let it? me let me just smell it's it. It's not cool. <laughs> it is. It's like oh, dude. I'm sorry. It doesn't look bad. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's like instant frown on your face. <laughs> It's like it's lingering my nose. Yeah, it's I'm saying it's like it's got that dual smell. So it almost like bounces around in your smell senses. I don't like it. Yeah, well I didn't say this was gonna be good. I don't know why this is so funny to me. (laughs) Jesus. And we're gonna sprinkle in the chocolate covered afterbirth. I don't know why it's chocolate. Raisins, I think, would have done a little better. I don't know. What do you think? I think it doesn't matter. This, well, is, this is gonna well be bad most anyway. women shit themselves after they give birth, right? This wh- is a fucking miracle, Pat. <laughs> a fucking miracle. And you're turning it into some sick, twisted fucking shit. Sorry. Like I said, we're not sipping this. This is full slam. Full tilt, baby. Yeah, just full tilt. We're drinking it. What's this smell like now? Fuck it, drink it. <laughs> It smells weird, dude. Dude, it smells like uh, I got the like trash. An oily driveway or something. <laughs> All right, cheers. Cheers. Drink your shot. Oh, oh that's so wrong. Oh, <laughs> that may be the worst one we've ever done. Mike, push it out of the way if you got to. There's a trash can right here with your name on it. Yeah, that may be the worst one we've ever done. <laughs> I'm glad we did it with the Prego instead of the fucking hot sauce. That's not hot sauce. You said it had bite to it. It does have a bite. This had enough bite for it for me. Mike, you okay? Mike's chewing it back. <coughs> but you know what? High five to you guys. Oh, wait, we got a little bit more here. Hold on. Negatory. <laughs> Negatory, Ghost Rider. It's like the, the vodka like, amplifies the acidity of the tomatoes. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird. Ugh. It tasted spicier than the sauces. It's sp- it's right. Like, like yeah. I don't know if this is the vodka or what. I think it is the vodka. Yeah, that was bad, guys. That's like, bad news. Don't ever do that. Ugh. Do not try this at home. But when you think of a shot called Afterbirth, what do you think? It's going to taste good? <laughs> I would have made it taste good. Yeah, well, I guess that's it for horse shots. Horse shots. Guess what? Something happened on the news. Now it's the news. Here is the fucking news. Now one of the things I want to bring up, and again, in no specific order, but one of the new video games coming out that I'm really insanely looking forward to is a Call of Cthulhu video game. Right, yeah. They've been spreading some uh, information about that game for the past year and a half that I can think of, at least. Yeah. What you guys were saying outside, it made it sound like it's going to be like, it's in a museum, and there's works of art, and each 
one of those works of arts is a whole another universe. Well, they said it was part RPG, part horror survival game. Right. So it kind of makes me feel like the way that they're describing it is that it's a... Well, the trailer that they just put up, and I'll link you guys below on the SoundCloud or YouTube. You can check it out. It basically kind of about a woman who's painting pictures or collected painted pictures of these stories. And I, they haven't really described exactly what it is, but they have said that this game is going to pay tribute to a whole variety of H.P. Lovecraft stories. So what I'm thinking is that they're doing, and if you guys have never heard of this, is this movie called, or it's a game called Layers of Fear. Okay. And it's about this art museum with all these paintings and something. I haven't even played it yet. I have it, and I'm going to play it for you guys. But yeah, I feel like each of those paintings are going to be different stories in the H.P. Lovecraft realm, and somehow they're going to be able to go into each of these paintings and live out those horror stories and figure out riddles and solve things. I don't know why. I'm sorry. It's, I'm just... It totally reminds me of Mario 64. <laughs> <laughs> in the loosest way possible. Loose butthole, Because for you sure. jump into one of the paintings each time. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> I, I'm I'm really looking forward to it because I haven't. I mean, there was a there was a one Lovecraft game we had come out a while ago. It was called the Call of Cthulhu Dark Corners of the World or something, yeah, something like, like that. that. Yeah, I uh, have that. I never played it, but I heard it was pretty decent. It's a little buggy, uh, from what I remember. Uh, there was parts that you would have to redo because you couldn't beat it, and people were like, "What the fuck?" But it was like it needed patched, oh, okay. and they never patched it, sort of thing. But it is hailed as one of the best Cthulhu-style games. I've been really getting into the uh, survival horror games because they have an element of dread and atmosphere in them. Although some of the games, it's almost like you get so accustomed to the scare that you lose that sense of dread, but you expect the jump scares. Yeah. Right. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. But there are parts in some of these games, even the jump scare kind of games, that really have a sense of dread and I can't even imagine what it's like with VR on. You crazy masochist. Like, <laughs> I don't even know how people put that shit on. I, I have to tell you, probably one of my hands down favorite horror survival games has to be Condemned. Oh, yeah. The con- Overall, uh, Criminal Origins. Everyth- yeah, everything they did in that game was just so fucking amazing. I got dude. that on PC. I need, to, I need to replay that. Oh, dude, for sure, dude. But speaking of virtual reality, though, um, I was uh, there is another game coming out called Paranormal Activity, The Lost Soul. It's actually a game that's being put out for VR called by VR Works, W-E-R-X. And they said, this Paranormal Activity game, a VR game from VR Works is truly terrifying, said Leanne Stables, president of Worldwide Marketing Partnerships and licensing of Paramount Pictures. Quote, this is a groundbreaking way to experience the actual thrill of paranormal activity, and we are excited to give fans of the movie franchise a first look at what's coming this spring, unquote. It opens early March 14th, so all you VR heads out there, be on the lookout because this shit's going to fucking supposedly somebody said that it's going to blow fucking evil dead seven out of the water. Damn. So, and I don't doubt it because it's resident evil. Yeah. The new one that just came out. You said evil dead. Oh, did I say evil dead? You did resident evil seven. Sorry. (laughs) Uh, and other news, one of my most sought after films that I have not seen that's been to all of the film festivals, has been welcomed and cheered for underground for quite some time. It's I haven't heard a, an amazing feedback for it. Are you talking about what I think you're talking about? The Void. Oh, dude. 
Dude, it looks fantastic, man. Right. It looks bizarrely crazy, man. I, it looks pretty damn good. The dude, score sounds amazing. It is exactly what I hope it is. I, like, I, I can't say what it's going to be. But what I'm seeing from the teaser and the and the the test footage that they did to get the movie made, yeah, was phenomenal. It looks nuts, dude. Like and what the trailer I saw, they said it was like a throwback to Carpenter kind of a thing. I know for a fact that it's hitting the uh, U.S. and VOD on April seventh. So you think we're gonna get actual theatrical here in the U.S.? Yes, we are. It's well, like, a, it's gonna be a limited. It's okay. not gonna be like like maybe we could see it in a uh, Valley Art or something. Something. Okay. If we wanted to. I am super excited. I'm probably going to, I would like to go see it in the theater, so I'll probably see it in the theater as well, but I'm definitely going to watch it on VOD just because I want to be, I don't want to wait. Like, I just want to see it as soon as possible. I have been like, it's been like over a year now that I've been waiting to see this fucking movie. I'm just super excited. Like, I can't even tell you. It looks like Lovecraft fucking crazy shit, dude. Yeah. Like, people die and then they're like, it's not over yet. Crazy psychological body horror fucking graphic super crazy score it seems like it's it's by the astron six guys the void comes from writing directing team steve kostansky and jeremy gillespie veterans of design and effects high profile productions like pacific rim oh, robocop oh there you go and the hannibal tv series now branching out on their own path which kudos to you guys that's fucking crazy. Dude. I hope you knock it out of the that's, fucking that's, park. That's badass. I mean, sure. if if you didn't need like enough uh, excuse, behi- right? yeah, excuse behind it, that's that's enough on its own. Exactly. So it's like it's like these guys have dreams and aspirations too, not just to be working on these big budget movies. They have. They're not just going for the paycheck. It it, it looks very pleasing to me, and I'm sorry I'm going on and on about it, but no, because it, it does guys, look like an amazing film. Yeah, if you guys haven't heard of this already, definitely check out the Void. There is something very cool. They did a re-release of a vinyl here recently for the Thing soundtrack. They oh, did... I gotta get my hands on that. Do you know how much it costs? Okay, there's two variants for this vinyl. There is the Snow and the Deluxe Ice Edition. The Snow version is $32. It looks like you can open the, the record with two jigsaw pieces that snap together and they got like this weird Antarctica thing. The actual record the vinyl has like anarcha in the middle so it's like white blue and black around the edges hmm. so it looks really cool uh there is a deluxe ice edition quote unquote ice ice baby and that is 70 dollars. it's a lot of cash for some fucking Shit. vinyl just so you guys know the classic soundtrack for the thing was composed by Ennio Morricone. And it's weird because he's done like spaghetti westerns. He's done like Western music. He's done James Bond music. He's yeah, done dude. a lot of different shit. And he just really captures that sound. I don't know what it is about him, but he's not like a s- exclusive horror guy. But yeah, that's out, guys. If you want to check it out, I'll put a link below so you can check that out. Also, moving along, R.L. Stein's Fear Street adaptation is coming out. <laughs> I'm actually kind of excited about this because I didn't actually read. I wasn't a big um, Goosebumps fan or anything. Plus, you couldn't read. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, I I never read any of them, but there is something about them that is pretty unique. It has that schlocky sort of... You know, I, I never really read L.R. L. R. Stein. I, I read uh, Christopher Pike. I, I was right. actually a really big fan of him when I was a kid. R.L. Stein? Some of the stuff he writes, dude... I'd actually like to see him come out and do some adult versions of the same stories that he's put out. He later did a 
group of books very much like Goosebumps, but more adult-oriented. Really? Called Fear Street. Oh, I heard of that. And these are all really great books. So they're going to be doing adaptations of these. For film? uh, As they did the new Goosebumps movie, which had Jack Black in it. Which actually wasn't a bad movie. It wasn't not? No. If you're a Goosebumps fan, I think you'll appreciate it. It takes all of the characters from all of his books, pretty much, and puts them into one movie. I love it. So, you should, if you haven't seen it, I mean, I, I, it's not my favorite movie or anything, but it's kind of one of those little... What's it called again? Closety kind of faves. <laughs> you know what I mean? What? It's what was it called again? Goosebumps. Oh, Jack, mo- Jack, oh you're talking Jack about Black. the one with Jack Black. The yeah, newer takes books, all of the characters. Yeah, the newer and... books that he's done is called Fear Street. And, uh, and I'm reading this from Bloody Disgusting. Stein took to Twitter recently to let his fans know that the pre-production had begun on the 20th Century Fox's Fear Street movie. Says, now we are waiting for a good script. Stein tweeted, adding that we should watch it, watch for it next year. Today brings an update for the project as a tracking board reports that the writer has been hired. Kyle Killen from Scenic Route will write the script for Fox and Chernin Entertainment. So, near future. It says, in 1989, three years before Goosebumps came onto the scene and made him a household name, R.L. Stein launched the lesser-known book's Called Fear Street. So I guess it was before. Okay. I'm not a big fan, so I'm just kind of reiterating this. Yeah, like yeah. as you're talking about this, I'm like looking up to see how much they're going for. I'm like, Fear Street. Hmm. Fear Street takes place in a fictional city called of uh, Shadyside, Ohio. It's a teen-oriented Fear Street books. Pits teenagers up against adversaries, both human and paranormal. And a total of 52 stories comprise the original line. Thought that was pretty interesting for you, uh... No, younger folks, I guess. Because yeah, well, that and anybody from the '90s. Also, Stephen King has seen oh, the yeah. new Netflix Gerald's movie Game. called Gerald's Game. Now, if you guys are, I I never read the book. Mike's never read the book. No, and I, I've I've burnt through almost his entire back catalog, but that's one of the books I have not read. Apparently, when uh, someone asked what uh, King thought. He tweeted, "Saw a rough cut of Mike Flanagan's Gerald's Game yesterday." Horrifying, hypnotic, terrific. It's going to freak you out. I really wonder, though. I mean, because uh, I don't know, man. Well, the um, original story, just to give people who don't know what the Gerald's game is. Oh, yeah, is, go for it, go for it. As I am one of them, uh, a woman accidentally kills her husband after being handcuffed to a bed, leaving her unable to free herself. As time passes and she realizes that rescue is an all but hopeless thought, she begins to slip into insanity, the voices in her head manifesting into visions. So I wonder if it's going to be like these visions come to reality. I, I'm just worried because uh, one of my favorite King King books, uh, hands down, as far as his neo classics, was eleven twenty two sixty three, and oh, yeah. the, and the Hulu series they did was lackluster at best. I mean, I really like James Franco, but anything that's a Stephen. Oh King- yeah, Christina was saying that it was a little different than the book. Yeah, it was not as good as the book. I mean, it's okay. Christina liked it. I, I they they left out. There's a there's a there's some pretty big stuff in the book that they left out. Oh, and they changed some of the characters or anything. But. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I get it, but I'm just saying, like, I love King's work. I think it's awesome, but I always get really trepidatious and when it, when he gets ad- adapted. On other news, we got Clive Barker putting down about 300K for a winner in a contest. It's a lot of Ks. To read directly from Hollywood Reporter, says here, one aspiring horror filmmaker will get the chance to scare up support from a true maestro of the genre 
Clyde Barker will help be helping develop a horror film with the winner of a contest launching this month via Project Greenlight Digital Studios. The winner will receive a $300,000 budget as well as a mentorship from Barker throughout the production. So this is a Project Greenlight thing? Yes. Do you ever watch Project Greenlight? No, but I remember that uh, Feast. Yeah, John, Gull- yeah, John Gulliver's Feast was through Project Greenlight. I think that's amazing, dude. I, you should think about writing. But listen here, this is what it says. When I was looking for financing while making Hellraiser, I wish there was a studio like Project Greenlight Digital Studios behind me. Barker tells Heat Vision of the program, which is in partnership with AMC Networks, Back Shutter, and Adaptive Studios. Teaming up with an Adaptive Studios and Shutter is a wonderful opportunity to support emerging filmmakers in finding the new horror icon. This is also a great chance to scare and entertain audiences at the same time. Now, here's how you enter, guys. This is pretty simple. From February 13th to March 17th, filmmakers can head to projectgreenlight.com to upload a pitch, one to three minutes, of an original horror film concept. Ten semifinalists will be selected and voted on by the public as well as judging a judging panel. The winner of the audience vote will advance along with four chosen by the judges. Those five finalists will receive funding to shoot a short scene to show off their chops. So in June, the finalists will be invited to the second annual Shutter Labs, a creative retreat where they've received more guidance on how to enhance their scenes. Then one winner will be selected to develop the film with Barker, serving an executive producer. I don't know. I may be interested. I almost feel like we should pitch our fuck, one of our fucking... I was going to say wedding day. I think could definitely. <laughs> so I think, grab dude, if you listen, interest. Mike hasn't even listened to the wedding ah. night grave plot. You need to listen to that and see if you get behind it, and then we could all create a movie. Okay. Hang out with Clyde Barker. I mean, come on. Oh, that'd be amazing. Mentor us to make a fucking movie if we do something good. I don't know. What do you guys think? What uh, what what uh, movie idea that we came up in grave plots would be the best? Let us know in the comments. On any of our social media. But yeah, that's it for the news, guys. That's it for the news. I want to give a shout out to Samantha Decker. Uh, one of our uh, new fans. I, well, I guess they're not new. They, they said that they listened to like 12 of our episodes back to back. Wow. Which is some pretty good dedication. Like within a week, too, right? Yeah, that's what she said. So. I, don't even, I don't even listen to 12 episodes back-to-back. But she, the cool thing about this story is, and let me just give her a shout-out, Samantha Decker, you are the shit. And yeah. I'll explain why, guys. Here's the funny thing. Just a week ago or less, like literally a few days ago, we were thinking about different themes that we would do for Women in Horror Month, and I wanted to do very women ex- women-centric movies. And I was like, God, there was that one movie that I saw at this Phoenix Film Festival here for horror, and I loved it, and I can't think of it. I remember what it was, but I just can't remember. It was like a torture revenge film. And so Samantha Decker hits me up, and she's like, you should, she's like, I really like what you guys are doing. I'm a fan for life, but you have never mentioned this one movie that I love, and it's called Sick Girl. And I was like, oh, that's the fucking movie. So she helped me with this fucking inner turmoil I had with that. But I just want to thank you for that, Samantha Decker. So thanks for listening. Welcome aboard. Welcome uh, aboard. <laughs> to the love boat. <laughs> <laughs> 
now we're going to go ahead and do our grave plots. I love this segment. If you don't know what this is, it's a creative exercise where we basically pull names out of a hat of movie name titles and then come up with all the characters, all the cast, the entire story within about 30 minutes to an hour. So we try to do it as quick as we can, but <laughs> let's go ahead and start grave plots right now. guys we are back and uh i don't know if you can hear this yeah who's who's drawing this week last week it was my how are we gonna do this how well, do we do uh, a pack into it because i know because I, I drawed last time i think it's your turn alex is it my turn yeah. no you, you better pick one of mine dude because i pulled wedding day he pulled test tube now it's back to you i okay. pulled my pie. all right we'll do it that way from now on all right so i got one now, we wrote three different movie names down. I'm sure this is going to be mine, because it always is. Ha! <laughs> Fuck! Is it Redraw yours? it. Then. Don't even say it. So this... I forgot to mention this to you guys. Something that we added to make oh. this... Sh- Did you get the shot? Yeah, I got the shot. Do not make it this shot, because I will vomit all over I'm not going to do that shot. I'm just going to do... Where's your vodka? We, the... should, we should make it like a punishment where you have to do the horror shot again. Well, if we do... I mean, I can, but... I took two. Let me just... Yeah, but we ran out of the shavings, so I don't want to, like... No, but it's it's mine. You don't have to do it. It's whoever draws it. So, oh, so, so But, guys, to just shot. to give you an understanding, because they're not, they don't know that we've told you this, because I don't know if I kept it in the last segment or not. But basically what I did is on... Out of the... Each week, we add one paper that says, take a shot. So whoever drew the paper has to take a shot. You, you know what, Mike? Wash mine out too. Let's all do this together. We're oh, you're gonna together. do it? Oh, okay. We're in this yeah. together. Yeah, let me wash yours out. I've got a chunk of fucking coffee bean chocolate in mine. I'm gonna drink the shit out of it. All right, there you go. All right. Thank you for the uh, addition to that. So cheers. 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 Take a shot. Salute. All right. Ugh. That coffee bean hit the back of my throat. All right, so here we go. What is this week's... Please be one of mine. Please be one of mine. Please be one of mine. Labyrinth Man. (laughs) It's not mine. Is that yours? Yeah, it is. What what the fuck is Labyrinth Man? It could be anything we want. I don't think it's that bad. Labyrinth Man. It's your guys. You have to go because I wrote it. So you have to start it up. Do you have anything yet, Mike? I'm still working on something. Uh, I'm just thinking about uh, uh, David Bowie's package. That's all I can think about. <laughs> Dude, so we'll make a movie about his junk. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Interesting. I always thought that thing should have had a song of its own. You know what I mean? <laughs> like when it's singing, it's bouncing around. <laughs> right. <laughs> I could show you the world. <laughs> so what? what is Labyrinth Man to you guys? Think of labyrinths and, and any facet of labyrinths. Well, automatically, when I heard the name, I automatically thought of maybe a guy kind of like the Riddler, who's that's that's his whole shtick, is putting people through these mazes. Okay. Good. What about you, Mike? Go ahead. I, I think about like a jigsaw kind of thing. Right. Exactly. That's what okay. I mean. Like yeah, like a, like a guy who has like a, 
puts people through this this labyrinth as a form of torture, maybe. Okay. But that's totally been done. I mean, like you said, Jigsaw, Saw, it's like the same kind of idea. Well, I haven't jumped in yet. I can give you my two cents if you think it's okay. Well, we've already gone, so what do you think, Alex? Um, I think that it could be either the mind or a slasher with a new rule set. He could be like a supernatural force that you unlock by doing something, maybe a labyrinth puzzle or some stupid shit. Right. Or maybe you wander into the labyrinth. Oh, kind of like it's a... Yeah, and then he haunts you or something stupid. I like that idea. Like, yeah. they go into, like, a labyrinth, maybe a... Like, I literally didn't think about that when I wrote this. I was thinking, like, in the mind. Right. So, but I thought, you know, what if it? Is, what if it's a slasher? Well, I, it makes me think about, like, uh, like the Bye Bye Man. Or, right, or, exactly. Or Slender Man. Right. Kind of like a, a, a creepypasta kind of thing. Right. You know? What if there's, like, this rule set that you have to finish his maze, his mental maze that he locks you into, and, like, reality starts peeling away as you try to figure out and solve this riddle that's sort of, like... You have to go to these certain places or something like that? Or does does somebody walk into a labyrinth and then they get lost in his mind? In his mind? Right. I was thinking about actual physical labyrinth they walked into. It's filled with booby traps. Well, that could happen too, though. But I think it'd be kind of cool if we made it a little more supernatural, don't you think? Because it could go anywhere. Yeah, I'm, right. th- I'm thinking something like... Uh... Like, you know how Freddy Krueger, like, fucks with people in their dreams? Absolutely. Yeah, so maybe this guy, like... Um, he lets you into his mind somehow. Yeah, he does something to fuck with you, like, a, a mental, like, labyrinth in some way. I don't know how to explain it. I agree. It, it could... I, I, oh, sorry, go ahead. I'm sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, it could be, like, um, The Cell, where it's, like, a VR kind of headset they put on that puts you in an alternate... I don't know, that's hokey, the VR thing. Because it's, it is, but it's so hot every right movie, now. But every movie that I've ever seen that tries to incorporate it sucks. Okay, the cell did not suck. Well, the cell is different. They lo- they literally went into somebody else's consciousness. Right. So that's what I'm thinking is more like somehow, whatever it is, it has to involve some sort of labyrinth somehow, whether you walk into a labyrinth or find an old puzzle that you have to like draw the lines in or something like that. And every time someone does it, it pulls them into his mind somehow slowly. And then they have to like walk through this labyrinth and try to find the middle of the maze. Now, this may be jumping the gun or something, but maybe it, it is like a puzzle box or pu- whatever kind of physical puzzle that they're sure. solving. But once that puzzle's solved, they're, it kills them without them knowing. And therefore. Maybe at the end, yeah. Right. And so the, the whole time that they're in this puzzle, they're really. Or if they don't solve it, or maybe they solve it and they realize at the end that they're, they're still anyways. in his any. Yeah, exactly. Right. We could kind of allude to that without being too cheesy, right. I think. But I think I like the idea that somehow they unlock this puzzle. It doesn't have to be a puzzle box. It just we has don't to want be, to go too Hellraiser. Yeah, right? no, no, no. It has to be like a labyrinth, some sort of thing, some sort of game that's some old game that was made where they have to move these pieces through the labyrinth. And when they, they go into the center somehow and unlock it. So it actually takes some skill to get in there. Well, or, or it could actually be a physical labyrinth. Right, and well, that's what I was saying. And once they get to the end of this this labyrinth, whether it be like one of those labyrinths that you see in The Shining or something like that, the, in the middle, there's an actual another game. Or what if they like desecrate some sort of urn in the center of this labyrinth, right? And that locks mm. them into this hell. 
yeah, I don't want to be Hellraiser because they do have labyrinths there. Right. I don't want to really necessarily bring this in, but I had an idea for a film that uh, might actually work with this. Okay. Uh, I like the idea of somebody in, like, I didn't have this the mechanics behind it, but this kind of, uh, well, originally it was like a quantum physics kind of thing. Because I was trying to think of an idea of a film uh, about a guy trapped in a house. Okay. <clears throat> the idea would be like, Something happens and he's like trapped inside, and like, uh, like I said, I don't understand the mechanics or the specifics or the what's and the why's. But like, let's say he goes out the front door and he comes out, comes in the back door. He goes in the bathroom and he comes out the bedroom. He goes in like a like, like a closet and he comes uh, out another closet. The old movie trick. Well, kind of, but I imagine if if like this multi layered universe where all these like portals were like misconnected. Right. What if, what if, I like that idea. Uh, yeah, but you get where I'm coming from, right? I do. Okay, cool, cool. What if they, these kids walk into this old labyrinth that's lost in the middle of the forest or something like that, that some guy created, and it was to, uh, like, pay homage to this god or whatever the fuck it was. We haven't figured that part out okay. yet. But when they go inside this, these kids are just, like, punk kids, and so they're, like, making jokes and taking pictures and shit, and they, they knock over an urn. Oh, and it, or it some unle- sort of un- sacred item unleashes a spirit, or and whatever. it unleashes this. I don't know about an urn, but because you would have to, you'd want to make this into a sequel, right? Oh, hopefully, okay. maybe. <laughs> I don't know, maybe not. Um, but maybe they do something that desecrates the area, this sacred ground. Yeah. Uh, whether it's hell or whatever the fuck it is, and then they start fucking having problems where they're like, they go home, everything's fine, but then they wake up and walk out their door, and then suddenly they're at their friend's house. Yeah. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, like we're all, all I, I always pictured like all the portals are like all the doors are like misconnected. That's cool. Yeah. I like that. So suddenly they're playing the game like Silent Hill. Right. Ro- the room. Oh yeah. And yeah, they're yeah. like going into all these different things. Maybe they're going into other dimensions. We don't know. Like maybe this is the labyrinth man at work. But somehow this labyrinth man stalks them while they're doing this and what is the word prods them prods them yeah pokes them yeah it's kind of like scaring them into other rooms and suddenly it's like it it happens very minimal at first like they're going to school and all of a sudden they walk into their class and it's like the next day and they're at their they walk into their bedroom kind of like like i like what you're saying like it may be like the same door that you walked out of is somewhere different when you go back out of it Right. Like, it's different than when you went in. But I like that idea, Mike. Oh, yeah, I I think that's a really good idea because you could literally make a door anywhere in a movie. Yeah. And they could be somewhere. You could paint it up to dress it up just like that other door. Yeah, and uh, I'm not saying that this film would need to use it, but the idea I had behind this was, like, uh, I imagine, like, someone getting trapped in this, like, labyrinth of doors. And being spending years and years in here, and he's—I imagine this guy building this big multi-tiered map of like everywhere he's been. Like this door leads to this door, this door leads to this door. Like maybe stringing like strings or whatever to like see which ones connects to what. And I imagine him like getting old with a big beard, you know, and you know, with a cane like walking through here because he can't escape this weird portal labyrinth. I, I'm not saying that this is what the film would use, but this is where the idea came from. Right. Like, you know, maybe these kids stumble upon this guy who's been trying to figure this out for, you know, X amount of years. Something along those lines. Uh, yeah, but 
like I said, not saying this is what we would use, but this is kind of the idea I already had from a, an existing project. Oh, I love it, dude. What? A, okay, so now, so here's the important part of this sort of slasher, psychological thriller, whatever. I want there to be deaths in there, obviously, but what would the guy look like? Like, what would Labyrinth Man be? I think it would be cool if he wasn't a... Oh, granted, this is just spitballing. Sure. Not an actual person, but more of a... Almost like a concept, in a way. Like an entity? Well, like... um, What if he was, like, fragments of your memory? That would be cool. But twisted. Oh, dude, this gives me a great idea. Okay. I had a, uh, Granted, like, this is just something else thrown out. Throwing this out there. Oh, sorry, you got something? Well, I, was, I just wanted to uh, ask you, like, you said fragments of your own memory. Right. Now, like, are you saying, like, everybody would perceive this person... Differently. differently yes yeah i like that but okay. he would have an ultimate form at some point right okay but i think it'd be nice to have him like they walk into almost these other realities that seem normal but they're not they're somehow skewed so they're going into the kitchen to have dinner you know what i mean or whatever the fuck it is and their family like somehow is like talking to them in a different voice, but then goes back to normal. Okay. Do you know what I mean? So it's almost like fucking with them mentally. You know, maybe one of them sees their family get murdered in front of them and just shoots back. It's like this ultra-violent fucking scene. But then it just shoots back and she's like sitting at the table like, what the fuck? And she's like, I gotta go to bed. And she goes through the door and she ends up at her at the library. You know what I mean? Stuff like that. Yeah. Like, I, I want it to be gory, but there's ways that we could do it without, like, like, it could go anywhere. Oh, do you yeah. see what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I would like to figure out what his ultimate form is in the end. And maybe it's just this, like, tentacle-like creature. Let's not go tentacles. That doesn't, I don't know, maybe it's just a guy, but you can see, like, all these, like, shaking like tentacles or something behind right. him. Because when you first said tentacles, I, I don't want to say sl- that's kind of Slender Man-ish way. Yeah. Right. Like when you said tentacles, though, I automatically went to the fucking it and I fucking hated the end of that movie. I don't mean that. I just mean like his ultimate form is maybe it's like just red eyes and it's like this mass. Okay. This is just spitballing another idea I had from something. Maybe you guys can take away something from it. I had another short film that I worked on back in the day about a guy, uh, something similar. Uh, he was like a criminal, and he's being chased by some entity or something, and he winds up in a house. And there's some sort of entity in the house chasing him. And it's like it plays out like a haunted house. Right. Uh, and in the end, he winds up like uh, this entity thing, that's this shadow that's getting him winds up getting him and he winds up getting killed but you really find out that he killed himself and the entity is like his past regressions like catching up with him right so maybe well i almost feel like labyrinth man brings you into his hell okay so you're thinking more like a physical thing yeah i want to see i want him to be able to change and morph into other people that they love okay okay. to kind of blur the line between reality okay but also i want him to have different forms where he can change into this anything that he wants almost like like freddie would but have like this consistency with him in an ultimate form in the end you know like the big reveal is that he's this shadowy thing or like you're saying there needs to be like a tell 
with whatever At character some point, he's It doesn't portrayed. have to show his entire body. No, no, no. But I'm saying there should be but like there has a tell. To be moments. Again, like with that character that tells you that that's not who he is because there's maybe a mark on his right hand or well, something yeah, like, like that. I think sometimes it could take over family members that they love and it seems like they're getting possessed, but really they're just in hell and they don't realize it yet. But then on top of it, like he can change into like some glowing red eyes thing that looks like a dog, but you can't fully see it. Like it's very shadowed and like you can see it move past in some weird, sloppy, creepy, fucking oozy way. Like to me, like that oozy tentacly thing just freaks me out. So what would uh... like it doesn't have any form that is natural. So it's like you can't just picture it and size it up. Because you can't tell what the fuck it is sometimes. But it can take many forms. But his ultimate form, what would he look like? What would his ultimate form look like? So thinking about his backstory, because uh, I'm thinking about, like, since we're creating almost like a new, like, Freddy or Jason. Oh, we have to have an origin story. Yeah, what would his origin story be? Like, what That's is a good this, idea. You know, like, Labyrinth Man, would he be like a... I don't know. I mean, I... What I if his, like, parents, like, punished him for years on end until he was, like, 30 years old? They locked him away in a room and they made him the only entertainment that he gave him was these puzzles like these. Uh, he, they gave him like a crayon and like all these things that he could draw on the labyrinth. I, I want to say like uh, uh, something like that, because that's a cool idea. But then when he gets out of his bondage, he starts developing board games or games. It's like a game designer, maybe. Right. I don't know. I'm just spitballing purely. You and know. he tried to put people in like physical traps in order to fucking kill them. Well, but somehow, uh, like, po- yeah, possibly. I'm, I'm just, I'm trying to think. Like, I like the idea of maybe he's a magician, so he likes putting people through these things. Right. Or he's like, a maybe game- he made haunted houses. Okay. Yeah. Maybe he worked for around Halloween. Yeah. Haunted like it was like a haunted house thing, and like one day there was like this mass murder of a bunch of people at a haunted house where he put them in actual physical traps. And if they didn't figure out that they died because he wanted them to experience the hell that he was when he they when his parents punished him. Right. You know what I mean? But he had grown up to try to be entertainment because he didn't really know what it was. And he knew how to scare people because his parents fucked with his head so much. So are we doing a thing? Where, are we are we sidetracking now? We no, we're doing the origin story of why he would story. do this. All right. So how did he become metaphysical? Maybe his parents had a like they had a, owned a mansion and they had this like. Um, labyrinth in their backyard that they created that had grown out of, you know, whatever it is. And his dying wish was to be buried in that house that he inherited. Somehow he killed his family and they don't know that he did it. But when he murdered all these people, his last dying wishes was to be buried in in his parents' labyrinth. And that's how the kids get there and knock it over. And he... Wants to exact that revenge. I mean, does that sound okay? I, I know what you mean. I, like I'm, we can allude to it. We don't have to delve into it. What do you think? I mean, is this is it, are we off or what? No, no. I, I think it's cool. I mean, uh, when you mentioned uh, the labyrinth at the house, I keep thinking about H. H. Holmes. I mean, granted, like I'm just like spitballing it. My brain goes. Oh, go for it. H. Uh, H. Holmes Murder Castle. Oh, okay. Because he, you know, he created that hotel where it had all these hidden rooms and uh, these devices to kill people and stuff and maybe here's the thing here's something to think about what if his family locked him in this house all the time and they made a catacombs of different like a labyrinth of doors and things like that and they trapped him in this house 
and wanted him to be some sort of, they had some like hang up about making him be the strongest that he could possibly be, but they were just crazy. So they sort of tortured him in this house. It was like his house, but he didn't know. And they put him in this maze sort of in the house, but they would lock him in this house at times and he would have to try to figure his way out. Hmm. Like maybe his parents are just really fucked up. Or maybe they're like uh, scientists, like you know, put rats in a maze. Right. Maybe something like that. Like they're they're trying to like take some of that stuff and and utilize it with their kid to right. see what they can do. Maybe they had several kids, and yeah. this is the one that got out. Yeah. And he <laughs> and killed him. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, I like that. Like they just designed this house to see who was the strongest of his their kin, and they would just have babies year after year, every time to see who would make it out of the house and somehow he got out into the labyrinth and got lost and maybe i don't know like what happened to him so he tripped and hit his head on a fucking thing or something you know like but no but i like the idea that he created his own haunted house because it kind of related to him in a way yeah do you think we should skip that and just talk about the kid who was able to get out of the house and then his family murdered him or something I was thinking opposite of that, thinking maybe since all the mental anguish that he probably went through, suffering to go through these mazes and these trials or whatever, that once he gets out, that he exacts revenge on his parents. And somehow, within how he kills these parents, he dies. Right. No, that's totally right. Yeah. But I'm saying, like, there were so many of his sisters and brothers before him until he killed his family for what they had done. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Now, is the labyrinth the house or is it an actual labyrinth out back? Should we just skip skip the labyrinth out back and these kids stumble upon this house and find his secret hidden hidden room? It could work out that way. Now, you said he he tried to escape to get to the labyrinth where he felt free. Well, there's like okay, here's an example. There's a home called the Winchester home. Yeah. Oh, the Winchester house. Oh, yeah, yeah, the yeah, Winchester yeah. house is San, built, San literally Jose, like his wife was crazy. She built this house so that it would confuse the spirits and they weren't able to figure their way around. And so they build wall, doorways to nothing and like rooms that just like, and yeah, I just yeah. like the idea that maybe it was just the house and not a labyrinth outside. So these kids stumble upon this house in the middle of the woods that's been abandoned for like 50 years. And his family were like a group of scientists trying to build the best kin. Like they wanted the strongest of their type, but they tortured him so much. He was finally able to get out and somehow murders his family. No, I like the way. And they prod and fucking scare him and do things to fuck with him because they want to make him the strongest of his kind. Right. Do you see what I'm saying? And then she's pregnant. She has a baby inside because she's waiting for the next one just in case this one fails. Or hopefully they've gotten the evolution of their cycle to get the right kid that can actually make it out. And he murders them and maybe pulls the baby out of her stomach or something like that since it's pregnancy horror. (laughs) What do you think? That's pretty cool. No, I like that. Yeah. But why would he do it? I mean, why would he be so scared of them? Maybe he just, because they taunted and prodded him and made him think that they were demons. Like somehow they thought they would read him nursery rhymes or something at night after he would try to get out of this place. Well, maybe maybe he had no concept that they were his parents. If they're being that scientific <clears throat> about it, maybe they would try to disguise who they really were 
So there there would be no connection to him. Maybe. I definitely think that he should definitely be think of them as monsters. That's what I'm thinking. So maybe they're in cloaks or something that's disguising yeah, who they maybe are. Maybe they dress up and stuff to scare him because they want to make him I don't know. And maybe that's some of the things that they dress up as is his when he okay, so that's his origin story. We got that down. We don't have to explain it too much. Right. Okay, we got that down. Yeah. Bunch of group of kids, typical trope, stumble upon this house, try to fuck around in the house. They desecrate they desecrate something in there. He somehow died between the battle of his parents. We don't find out why yet. And maybe we never find out. You know what I mean? Why why would he die? Why would his what he kills his family? Does he kill himself? I kind of like that. I mean, I, I like really tragic shit. Like he's just so distraught that he doesn't understand life. So maybe, like, okay, so maybe, like you said, where the parents are trying to disconnect from them being even human, that he finds out when he kills them that they are human. And what not if, only human, but his parents. Right? What if, what if there's several of his brothers and sisters that he knows, too? And he thinks of his family like monsters. So... At the age of 13, they have their final trial. Well, maybe he doesn't even know anything about his siblings. And when he finds out, that's the fucking well, final I would, straw. I kind of think it would be cool like if he killed his sisters and brothers because he didn't want them to be tortured anymore. And then he kills his family. That so they work, all yeah. kind of haunt this, but he's kind of like the, the headmaster of this labyrinth home that they built. Kind of like the Winchester home. Yeah. But only bigger. Like, way bigger. You know what I mean? Like, these people were, like, billionaires. They made money off of something, whatever it was. What do you think? I'm kind of cool with it. Kind of cool? Like, <laughs> no, it's not cool with it. I, I'm just, like, my mind's going out of control. Like, um... Well, I mean, I just want to get his origin story down, then we can skip past that, work on some of the crazy kills, some of the weird, demonic, weird shit, and then we'll go to the ending and how it unveils. Uh, unveils. Yeah, I say we move on to that. Okay. So yeah. what if they find a book in the house, the kids, so this is the origin story, the kid, there's like several kids, they get put through this maze that the family doesn't even like try to love them or anything, they just want to make the strongest kid, you know what I mean, maybe they read them nursery rhymes or give them books or something like that, that are placed out throughout this whole house so that they can learn about life and survival, And they, but they have to learn how to read and shit, right? <laughs> like how are they going to speak? Right. You know what I mean? So you can't just not have them know their parents. See what I'm saying? Like, maybe they homeschool them, and then when they get a certain age, they start putting them through these trials to see who will last. I hope you'll be the one, Billy. I hope you'll be the one. <laughs> well, maybe it's... Maybe they're going off per, pure instincts instead of having knowledge about reading. I don't know, because then they wouldn't be able to speak or read. You have to have that in there. So maybe they reach a certain age and they put them through these trials. They love them like immensely, but then they fuck with them. They're kind of like dark and passive aggressive like parents. And they like kind of do fucked up things to them. That the kids don't really understand. And they put them through these trials and they get like three or five chances to make it through this maze. And if they don't, they kill the kids. And so like he's noticed that his brothers and sisters aren't around anymore and, you know, they allude to the fact that he finally made it out of the maze. He finds where the pen of his sisters and brothers and he knows that they've been suffering because he realizes it. He kills them because he doesn't want them to suffer anymore because of what he's been through. 
and then he kills his family, and then he kills himself somehow? Jumps off the roof? I'm yeah. Think, I'm thinking what? it should almost be just like an accidental death. Like, he's finally free, and then... then... I like that he kills his family. Well, yeah, no, 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 That I like that too. But I'm saying, like, once he, he's killed his family and he feels like he's been freed, that something accidental happens and he what dies. If, what if... What if they're on the roof waiting for him like they wait on the roof or something like that to yeah. wait for him to get out and then he finds a way up to the roof and pushes them off they're all happy to see him up there because he's finally the kid that made it and they push him off and then when he watches him fall he gets curious to see their bodies on the bot on the ground dead and he trips and falls yeah, I like that. Or that, or like as he's pushing his parents out, they reach out and grab him, take him with them. That's a good idea. So we got that. So we got a group of teens that come to the house. They desecrate something. Maybe one of them's <laughs> pissing in the fucking room. And they're like, look at this house. It's fucking crazy. There's like doorknobs on the wall and shit. Looks like they're trying to fucking confuse Helen Keller in here. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like something fucked up, you know? No, for sure. I like that. But how do they desecrate? I would say maybe they go and they find a way into maybe they're in his room. Do they come? Do they do a seance? Do they? Oh, I say it's I something like. Oh, here, sorry, no, 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 go. I want to hear you. Oh, to it's say. something like um, if they're teenagers, it's going to be sex involved, right? Maybe there's like a a, a a a dresser or like a table with all this like ornate stuff set up. A box of toys that they were only allowed to play with. Yeah, and they and the the teenagers like fucking throw them off the fucking table. Yeah, they're like throwing them and breaking them and shit. Well, I, I imagine them and they're like, oh, let's fuck, and they throw all the shit off and they start fucking on the table, or whatever. Right. And all the all the toys that are in ornately designed and set up are thrown on the ground now. Yeah, because the the parent was also like a a hobbyist whittler, and he made them special wooden toys. Or yeah, something, something like that. Yeah. That's kind of what I'm going I like that. Yeah, so they knock over the toys, all hell breaks loose. We have, what, three or four characters that go to this house, right? Two girls, two guys. Two girls, one cup. Right. Or There's got to be, like, two odd maybe people Maybe, like, out. five. Maybe, like, five. And just okay. have one guy who doesn't have a girlfriend. He's, like, the loser of the right. group. Yeah, and he's the guy that's going to not die. <laughs> yeah, he's a guy who pretty much makes it to the end. So we got the, like, sweet girl. We got the slut. We got the, the jockey type. We got the fucking nerdy guy. And then the fucking outcast, whoever that could be girl or guy. Could be like a metalhead or something. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe it's a fucking, I don't know. But let's just say like the girl's like the main cast. Like she's like one of the main people, her and her boyfriend or whatever. He's the jockey guy or whatever. Or the fucking cool guy. So, so they fucking desecrate this place, but they curse everybody that's in the house at the time because they did it. So these people go home they start having visions or something like that. They see things coming out of the closet. They see fucking like glowing red eyes, a loud scree or like a loud growl, and then they turn on the light and nothing's there. Things well, like that. I would think they would have dreams maybe about doors or a door. Sure. She wakes up in the morning, everything's nice. She checks her email, looks at her phone, smiles and is laughing about how she had a good time with her boyfriend at the house at the labyrinth home. And where the labyrinth man is made, you know, and then she walks out the front door, except she's like somewhere else in the house and she's a little confused by it, but they don't allude to it right away. Right. Yeah. Like she walks out the front door and then she wakes up 
and right or something like that. Yeah, yeah. something really unevening, uh, uh, you know, unnerving. Blurs the line of reality. So, yeah. When you're saying they all go home, so is this going to be like a thing where it's like it's telling a a story per, through certain people's perspectives? Like the girlfriend has her own her own story. And so does the boyfriend. Sure, like everything starts attacking each one of these people. Right, and maybe time is so splintered that like when they run into another cast, maybe they've been there longer or shorter right, periods sure. of time. Right, sure, that's good. I don't mind. I could be that could be good too. What do you think? <laughs> thumbs up for Mike. <laughs> yeah, Mike says thumbs up. Okay. Thumbs up. So they start walking through doors. They go to school and they start ending up in the garage of their home. They start fucking showing up at these places sometimes they walk into a room that they've never seen before and there's a shadowy fucking creature that's like walking across the floor and you can only see the shadow of it and it's just kind of growling and and walking and thumping the floor now that you mention that maybe there's eerie stuff that's happening within the house before they desecrate it right and maybe those eerie things are because of them going through these portals what if they just start hearing all the doors opening and closing right and it's just them. What if they never left the house? I like it. Yeah, that's cool. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Yep. Like it's all in their heads. Right. Ooh, that's good. <laughs> because, but you go, they go home, they do the regular thing, but it's an alternate reality. Yeah. And they don't know it yet. So then immediately when they walk out to go, like they see their, they go out to their family at breakfast, the door is open. But they go out the front door, and now they're in the house suddenly. What do you think? I'm thinking that could work. And I think maybe the whole time, all they needed to do was to walk back inside the house. Like, that would be the door that got them back home. Right. But, but they're scared to go into it. Right. Because uh-huh. it's so fucked up. But, but, but if they're already in the house, wouldn't they be trying to get out? Well, that's what I'm saying. They walk out of the house, and maybe it brings them to another... Oh, you're right. See what I'm saying? I see what you're saying. It doesn't work. Right. So maybe when they're just trapped in it, they're trying to find their way out. But because it's such a maze in there, they figure out the way to win is to get to the roof. And by the end of the movie, like one of them, like gets brave and like jumps off and breaks his leg. You know what I mean? Mm. To get off the roof. He's like trying to shimmy down or something, but he breaks his Mm. leg. You know what I mean? Or what about something like you get really weird where he jumps off the, the roof and then he, he falls out of, like, a cabinet or something. That would be awesome. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, he shoots out. Yeah. Like, the inertia has got him going out. Yeah. And then maybe, like, I like that it's himself gonna, on something. I like the fact that they're being reality for moments, and then it just takes him back to the house at some point. Oh, yeah. Like, no matter how hard they try, exactly. it always brings him back to the house. Exactly. Like you could, I mean, this is just spitballing, but they're like, the guy's driving in a car and he crashes right into a tree and he flies through the fucking windshield and he slides through the front door of the house. By right. The, the... Oh, dude, I like that. <laughs> I like right. that, Mike. Any entryway of any sort. <clears throat> yeah. Do you know what I mean? I yeah. love that. That's any such a good idea. Any window or door. Yeah, man. Like, oh, wow. That's cool. It is really cool. That's a really cool idea. Okay, okay. So... So what happens, like, what are some deaths that we happen? Like, I already named one. The girl walks out into the kitchen. She has dinner with her family. They get murdered. Like, one of them, like, turns violent. And she snaps out of it. And then they're all eating dinner, like, eating dinner or breakfast like they would normally. Yeah. And then she's, like, kind of freaked out. Like, she's uneasy. But she thinks she's just having some weird waking dream or something. You know what I mean? Right. Then she goes out the front door. And it's, like... She has a flash like she's in the house, 
but then she goes to school. And then when she walks out of her classroom, she's back in the house. And then one of the other kids is like, hey, has everything been cool with you? Like, I've been having like these weird dreams or something. You know what I mean? Like, what would you think about that? That was kind of cool. What are some other scenes that we could have where people die? Because I want the Labyrinth Man to be able to take over their reality and twist it. <clears throat> what about, like, if it's a whole thing of, like, these portals, like, shifting reality? Right. Like, let's say uh, part of her body has one thing happening where whether part of her body is still in the house. Like, let's say one part of her body is, like, an elevator coming down to, like, chop her in half because she's in the middle of the elevator shaft. And one half of her body, like, dies in the house, and the other half dies in the elevator shaft. What if they start to figure out that maybe going through a doorway takes them into another dimension or into the house again, yeah. and one of them hangs onto their arm as they're going out? Something like that. And they, they realize that they get, they get chopped in half, like one of the characters. Something like that. I'm trying to think of, like, how can you utilize the weird dimensional, like, shift for, right. for death? I like that it just snaps all of a sudden. Like, all the lights are bright, and then it just dims into this room, and it morphs into the house again. And you're somewhere in one of the catacombs of the house. I think this is great. I think it's a good idea. Like, I think it, it can be done well. There was a there's a Doctor Who episode that's kind of similar to this. Yeah, I mean, everybody gets stuck in some right. crazy thing like that. But this is a different slasher that you haven't done. Now, this guy, I don't know if that he actually hurts people. I think he just affects their reality and their mind, their yep. loved ones. It's almost like you have the hurt inside of you already, and he creates the environment to, to, to bring that hurt to the surface. Right. So you're, he's not hurting them directly. He's letting them hurt themselves because the hurt is already inside of them. Right. I mean, that may be too weird. Well, no, I'm all, no, no, I like that. And I'm also thinking, like, let's, let's think of a couple more death scenes. So I like the one where they one of them tries to fig- they figure out that they're sticking together and one of them tries to go through the portal, so they grab their leg as they're peering in, and, uh, it, and it just rips in half. Something like that. Something that would weird. be cool. That's another cool death scene. I got the breakfast table massacre, half person ripped in half. We got to pick some of these people off. Like, so we're and like it down to like, what, two people out it, of the five? Yeah, well, there's three, technically. Like, actually, four. The only person that's died out of the group is the one that got ripped in half. Right. The family, she kill. They see one oh. of their family members twist into this skewed person, the 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 fucking uh, labyrinth man, yeah. and then he fucking sees like you see one of the kids like start murdering the family, and then she snaps out of it and she's like back in her bed or something. Maybe one of the other could kills. do some really cool editing shots where it's like the pillows come up behind her and she's on the bed all of a sudden. Do you know what I mean? So she's like sitting yeah. there and, it and then come out of nowhere. and you see the pillows come up to her head right. and she's like laying in bed all of a sudden. Well, maybe there's maybe a room that they've run into a couple of times. Right. So much so that they're like, this isn't real. And there's like some puzzle that they have to solve in there. Right. Or maybe there's some kind of contraption that stops them going through a door or like a, guill- a guillotine or some kind of killing ah. contraption. But they're like, this isn't real. This but- is kind of tropey. What if they feel realize that the only way to get out is to sacrifice one of themselves? Hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, and that's how the kid got out. Like the origin story, he had to kill one of his brothers and sisters in order to get out. Right. And that's how you have to beat the the labyrinth man. But you never really win because you're just stuck in his mind. Like inside yeah. their guts is a key to a door that. Like she finally gets out and she's like, "I beat you! I beat you!" 
And then like she's like laughing and it echoes and then you just see the clouds darken. You see it's like his eye or his mouth and you're like trapped inside of his mind. Oh, dude, I like that. Do you see what I'm saying? I th- I thought about it like um she she beats him and she's like I beat you, I beat you and she gets outside the house and she's finally outside the house and she's running towards her car to get inside and when she opens the car and sets inside, she like She's like back in the study in the house. Or yeah, something. something like that. Something weird. Yeah, she's like reading a book at her house, and she's like, "What the fuck?" She's not actually holding the steer wheel. She's holding a book. Yeah, something weird like, like that. There that has would be, to be cool. something that's guiding these kids through. Like there has to be some kind of sign on pictures, or there's well, there, some, there'll, there'll some be kind little, of tell. Well, there'll be little elements inside the house and in their real life that will be affecting reality, but they don't know that they're stuck in his mind. Right, but I'm saying there has to be some kind of like direction that it drives these kids to go through. These yeah, they start doors. to find these books that were right. in the house there that we go. tell the story, this 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 fable, this story about that these parents created in order to help guide them to see who's the strongest, most smartest ones. Right, they're really vague little little kids stories. Maybe like riddles or something. Right. Yeah. Exactly. I love it. And they start to and, it, and they start finding these books in reality, and that's when you start to realize, shit ain't real anymore. Like they've been trapped in this house; it's just been painted a different reality. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. So, give me two more deaths. Something unique and original. Maybe someone gets stuck in a paradox, through some kind of weird door. Maybe it's different than the rest. That he's just. Not necessarily dead, but not alive. He just keeps reliving his death over and over and over and over and over. You know what would be more fucked up, but that's that's fucked up? Uh, granted, let's just be just spitballing. What if one of them walks into the room, leaves the room in the beginning of the part where they desecrate, and then comes back into the room when they're desecrating it, so it all starts back over? So he's just in that paradox. Right. Like it's totally cyclical, like uh, the triangle? Yeah, and then it just she screams, or the, the, the main person screams. The camera zooms into their mouth, and then it zooms into his mouth, and then into her mouth, and it just like... Oh, you like that. goes really fast until it's like just this weird scream, and then it just... <laughs> and just stops, and then the credits. I was going to say, like, because uh, uh, I had an idea for another film, kind of like what you're saying. Let's say you had a, a husband and wife or a boyfriend and girlfriend that were in the film, and the guy really loved his wife or his girlfriend, and uh, he had to see her being like torn apart and killed, and it was like so fucked up to him. And he caught he got gets caught in a loop where he has to keep seeing her torn up for all eternity. Yeah, something fucked up like that. I definitely like shit like that. Well, it's but... definitely a piece of hell. It's just one catacomb of hell. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like. That's the labyrinth man's hell that he created for himself that people stumble into. Yeah. Yeah. Do you see what I'm saying? Uh-huh. I like that because it's got like a spook house kind of feel to it. It's got like, I don't want to say that Bye Bye Man was a bad movie, but it has a little bit of a Bye Bye Man in the good way, in my opinion. We kind of got the ending. Just come up with two more death, unique death scenes. All so right. we have the one where, okay, so we have the family getting murdered at the breakfast table, and then she snaps up and wakes up. You see the pillows kind of come up to her head, and she's on the bed. It was just about mis, mis- uh, conjointed portals. I mean, you could do something like, um, you know, uh, someone getting their arm stuffed down to garbage disposal, and then the pieces of the arm coming out of a toilet or something. What if, that's not a bad idea, 
Like, what if they try to escape through some sort of device? They figure out that everything's a portal. Okay. And they try to escape through something, and somehow the, the Labyrinth Man turns on the device, and it chews him up, and there's an attic, with, like, door, like that little square hole in the roof. Oh, yeah. And just their body parts start spilling out of the oh. top. That would be cool. Like, let's say he... Uh, it's in the same room, but it just starts spitting all their fucking body parts and, like, mush and shit on top of them. Oh, that would be cool. Like, let's say they're going through the device, and he hits, like, the scramble button. Right. And, like, an arm sticks out over here, a leg up, up from the ground. Right. Like, all the portals get totally fucked up, and their pieces just go everywhere. Right. That could be fucked and up. And it's all over them. Okay, so there's that. So we got okay. the breakfast murders that she wakes up in the bed. We got the guy who tries to escape through the portal. She tries to grab onto his leg. It gets ripped in half. We got the uh, one of them tries to escape through some like ventilation or whatever the fuck, some sort of device because they figure any entry or any device or anything can be a portal. So they try to escape through there and they get chewed up and spit out through the attic thing and through the doorways and it just spews out their body parts into the room all over them. What about you? Do you have one? Like I still like that infinite paradox. Like maybe the last character is stuck reliving this whole movie over again, like Groundhog's Day. Well, that's what the whole story is at the end. Remember, the main character ends up walking into the room where their friends were desecrating, and they have to relive the whole thing all over right. again. So we got that. But think of a cool, unique way to kill. It doesn't even have to mean that it really happened. It could be just in the mind. Right. So the there's open whatever to it. It almost it doesn't have to. I mean, if he's trapped in a paradox, I mean, what if like one of them is trying to reach into this hole to try to like open a door or something on the other side of the wall? Oh yeah. Because it's locked and they reach through this hole and their hand comes out the mouth of one of their friends whether they're in the room or in another universe or whatever the fuck it is. Oh yeah. And it's like coming out of their mouth and they're reaching around and touching their face. Oh, yeah. That's Better than a disgusting. doorway. Maybe it's a hole. A hole in the wall. That's what I'm saying. A hole yeah, in the yeah, wall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. And he, I want. it has to be like he turns around and he's like, I don't know, dude. I feel some kind of fucking hair. And then he looks at his friend and he sees. Like, like a regular hole or like a glory hole? <laughs> uh, <laughs> they're, in a, they're in a J. John in a, a parking priceless. lot. Priceless. Anything else that you want to add? I think that's a cool idea. Oh, it is. Seeing it's somebody going, cool. oh, 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 as well, a hand coming I've never, out of I've mouth. never seen that in a movie before. Yeah, I've never seen like a hand coming out of a mouth and a grouted face. and Right, as it, they're sticking it through the hole simultaneously. Yeah. yeah. I think it'd be cool like if one of them grabs like a lamp and is falling through these endless holes or something, and they grab a lamp and they sort of pull themselves out of it. Oh, yeah. And the, and the shift, the gravity shifts. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, they're shooting through doorways and going through into the chimney and, like, Well, maybe, yeah, maybe one up. of them tries to, like, jump out a window or something. Right. And that leads to There you go. That's a good one. Infinite loop. And maybe that could be going on throughout the whole fucking movie. You just well, keep maybe one of them like, tries. Ah! Well, maybe one of them tries to jump out of a window and they end up shooting through a doorway. Right. Or out of a picture frame. You know what I mean? Like... They can't escape it, and they start to realize it. I think that's a really good idea. And maybe one, maybe that would be the guy that gets injured. Because there's always a dude that gets injured, and they, everybody else has to fucking help him out. I definitely want to see some of the main cast get killed, and their body parts land in the room that they're in. Well, maybe that happens to the guy that jumps, so, so the guy that jumps to the window, 
somehow he gets all this crazy inertia from jumping out the window that he breaks his leg so everybody else has to help him along until there's a point where there's some fucked up situation happening where they just sacrifice him okay or maybe he trips or something and falls through a doorway or something and maybe a like his skin gets caught on something maybe it it rips something Maybe he's like his intestines are in a different universe than he is now. Right. And, and he like, tries to climb back up it or right, something. Right. <laughs> because he's like hanging from a scaffolding and a and a like f- unfinished fucking skyscraper. Right. <laughs> That'd like be kind of cool. <laughs> well, so we figured out that one of them gets out. How did how did we figure out they get in the one room and then they The guy goes up to the roof and he jumps off. Right. But then there was that part where they get trapped and they they end up. Or, oh, that's it! They finally make it to their house, and they walk into the room where their friends are fucking on the table and knocking over the toys. Right, and that's when it just starts all over again. And she screams. You see the camera go into her mouth, go into his mouth, the 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 labyrinth man, <laughs> and it just like starts to speed up until it just crashes, and then the credits. Yeah, I like it. So, what's the tagline? Like, what you see isn't what you always get, but that sounds super cheesy. It's got to be something like, some doors are meant to be opened. Something like that, stupid. Right. Yeah. Some doors are not meant to be opened. Some doors are meant to be opened. Yeah. Sometimes the exit is actually the entrance. No. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like butt sex right there. that's the dirty. (laughs) Like, in through the outdoor or something? Yeah. That'd be a good Uh, I think, I kind of like that, what what did I say? What was it? Some doorways. Some doors are not meant to be opened. Yes, I like that. Okay. I said some doors are meant to be opened. Okay. So I think some doors are not meant to be opened. Yeah, that sounds good. What do you think? Yeah, especially since the doorways are the you know main focus point of this right. movie. The threshold. Right. I like it. What do you think? I'm cool with that. Some doors are not meant to be opened. All right. So that's Labyrinth Man, guys. You got it, Labyrinth Man, dude. I think that was good, man. Yeah, I like it. Cool. I, I think I'd watch the shit of it. I think it turned into something. It's it's a little typical in some areas, but I think it is unique in some degree. And I I don't think that I think it could make some fucking money. It rem- it reminds me of a, a house too, in a way, or house. Right. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It has elements of other things in it, which all movies do. Let's face it, but it has some unique things that I think are pretty fucking cool, man. Yeah, like it could go we and by the way guys we could definitely go a lot further with this but we don't have four hours for you guys <laughs> so these are just kind of basic ideas that we could flesh out further if we ever wanted to what do you guys think do you guys have any special deaths or anything did we did you like some of the things that we did maybe do you have a, a fucking grave plots idea movie title that you came up with that you think is a cool name that maybe we could pick we are going to be doing a contest if we get enough entries at yeah. some point yeah give us one man we'll throw it in the bucket right and if we pull it we'll write your name and where we got it from and then we'll fucking Give you like a brand new movie that's come out or something for yeah. sure on Blu-ray. I'll autograph a used condom. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, if you guys got any ideas, let us know. But that's it for fucking great plots, guys. We'll have the new faux cover on our social media if you're looking for it on Horamino. I always post them on there, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. All the links are below, so just follow us there. But now 
I think it's about time that we should step into the flesh and potatoes. Flesh and potatoes? Yes! guys so we're back and now we're going to be jumping into the flesh and potato segment potatoes. of baby on board so all movies horror movies that we decided that three movies that we decided that were very ba- strong in the pregnancy yeah pregos very babyish yeah so so one of the first movies that uh, patrick wanted to jump on you want to go ahead and tell everybody he wants to jump all over <laughs> Is was species, yeah. Species, species two. Thank you. But I did watch both of them. Did but you? I did. Yes, I did too. Because I don't like to watch sequels out of order, or like you know, like a movie franchise. Some you can get away with, but this one yeah. kind of continues. I didn't the story. watch all four species movies because God, God bless you if you have. <laughs> right. <laughs> species two. Fun fact is actually the shortest of all species movies. Right. Oh, really? And it came out in 1998. I saw it in theaters, dude. Did you really? Oh, yeah. Really? Yeah. Huh. So the director was Peter Medek. He was the director of The Changeling and The Babysitter, actually. Nice. Ooh. Yeah, which we did The Changeling yeah. in our Spook House episode. Which, from watching this movie, it's hard for me to believe that. Well, it's a 90s movie, so. Yeah. That a lot changed. <laughs> a lot changed. Yeah, because I'm not a big fan of this Species 2 movie, but go ahead. And it was produced by Dennis Feldman and Frank Mancuso. Mancuso, yeah. Mancuso he done a lo- Jr. He's done a lot of stuff. Right. Yeah, Frank <laughs> Mancuso Jr. I think he even produced one of the Friday the 13th movies, am I right? I think you're right, dude. It's yeah, that, it was it like part two or three or something like that. It sounds very that. familiar, very familiar. Because he was one of the guys that was like, uh, he was like, a, he was learning. And someone was like, here, we'll throw you a bone. Because he did so much work. Right. When nobody stuck. That they be, he became a producer, which is pretty interesting. And this film also stars uh, Michael. Ma- what is it, Michael Madsen? Madsen, yeah. yeah, dude. Right. Which you could pretty Mr. Much, White. Yeah, yeah. You pretty so much buy him for dude. like five dollars. He'll come do your movie for you, yeah, dude. He, I, he is badass, dude. He is badass, but it doesn't seem like it would take him a lot to <laughs> come do your movie. I'll let him know. He'll kick your ass. <laughs> I, if I but, got my ass kicked by him, I would. I would gloat about that. But if that. you guys don't know who Michael Madsen is, he, he was in Reservoir Dogs as Mr. White. Yeah, he's he a was guy. the guy that cut the dude's ear off and danced. <laughs> and poured gasoline. Of the 70s. Right. Right. Who else? Natasha Henstridge. Yeah. Yeah. She's She was like a model, right? Yeah. Is she, is she the one that played the uh, actual uh, thing? Alien. Yep. Yeah. Natasha Henstridge was in the first film, and yep. she came back. She was called Sil, S-I-L, in yeah. the first movie, and she was called Eve in the second movie. Do you know what that mo- what Eve stands for, by the way? Extraterrestrial, fuck, what does a V stand for? <laughs> I know the other E stands for experiment. Yeah, it's extraterrestrial vulnerability experiment. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, the story, and not to jump in here, Patrick. It's Sorry, right. I'm trying to get used to that. <laughs> An astronaut gets infected with alien DNA during the first mission on Mars and runs amok on Earth. Preston and Laura team up again with a peaceful, genetically re-engineered sill to track the monster down. What'd you guys think of it, anyway? Like, honest thoughts. Uh, this was your suggestion, Patrick, so I'll let you run with it. Honestly, I, I, I like it, and I don't like it. 
Um, <laughs> I love the practical it's effects. It's good, but it, it kind of sucks. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. So it, for me, it's probably about a like a maybe a four point five, maybe five around okay. there. But uh, it was good. I think the guy who directed it was super perverted. Any oh, chance yeah. that he had a chance to put a panty shot or a side boob oh, or a straight up boob? <laughs> it's literally one it. one step away from sexploitation or Skinamax. Yeah. I think it's a step That's why above I like it so Skinamax. Much. You think it's above Skinamax? I don't yeah, know. It's a little. It's a little. I, I loved it. I love the fucking s- s- dirty, <laughs> dirty boobies. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> It, it, the thing I love most about this movie is just the alien itself. It, it was a, a, a design by uh, Giger, which was pretty much the only other movie yeah. I think he did was Aliens. Well, he no, he did, he's done other movies. But I'm going to talk about creature design. As far as creature designs go... I don't know about creature design, but I know he's done some other artwork for other movies. Like I just fu- don't remember. Future Kill? Was it Future Kill? Well, the uh, the box art for Future Kill is Giger. Oh, okay. You're right. That's right. Okay. Yeah. But as I know far what you're as practical about. effects go, do you know if any other ones he's done? Uh, not that I can think of. I think the first one's better than the second. Oh, for sure. I think the second one ups the gore quite a bit. Oh, dude, the practical effects in the second one. But I think great. the story overall in the first one's better. Yeah. Well, why did we pick this one as a pregnant <clears throat> horror movie, though? Let's talk about that. An astronaut and uh, his team go to Mars to uh, take soil samples. Right. And within those soil samples, they accidentally grab some alien DNA. Which is so ridiculous. It, it's a little ridiculous. <laughs> they, they grab some alien DNA. The eggs, same so. DNA that happens to have shot to Earth um, in the first movie by transmission. Right. And I was going to talk about that. That transmission that they talk about, um, what was it, the Arcebo message? Arecibo. Arecibo message that uh, Carl Sangud put together back in 1974. Right. And what is funny about this is what this message consists of, it was describing our position in the solar system, the, the right. base element of life in our solar system, DNA code, uh, population, and um, the reason it's called the Arcebo is Everything because it was sent from the Arcebo telescope in Puerto Rico. Arecibo, yeah. And, the, and, and, and which is a great idea if you want to send out all of our fucking uh, how to attack us. Right, <laughs> like but, if you want to take over our yeah, planet, yeah, yeah, yeah. thanks. What's Carl funny, Sagan. and this this might be a hoax. Look at it however we want to. I'm kind of a conspiracy theorist, but in 2001, 27 years later, a message was sent back from who we don't know. It could have been a hoax. It could have been this. It could have been that. Whatever. Could have been some kids with some crop circle skills. Right, whatever. <laughs> but this message consists of the same thing, but theirs. So it was their biolog- biological makeup, their position in the universe. You know, and uh, in the first movie of Species, you're right. talking about okay. And another thing that that message consists of is what they sent the message from, which was the Arcebo telescope. It was kind of weird that they kind of guessed that they were going to send a message back because this movie was came out in '95. Right. We didn't receive that message until 2001. Right. So I just thought that was kind of weird. But well, a lot of people don't know about that message in the first place. All they sent back was the same DNA chain and a face that we found on Mars years It wasn't later. the same DNA chain. It wasn't? No. Huh. So that it happened was the in same 2001, message, and this movie came out in 98. Right. Huh. Well, maybe they watched subs- or Species 2. <laughs> they knew about Carl Sagan's doing his thing, and people really hoped that there was aliens, so they made some crop circles. 
Not to shoot down your theory. No, 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 it's fine. But even, I think one of the images they sent down, before they sent down the one consisting of where they lived and what they're made of, right. was a picture of a face. And from this face, they were able to create a new printing. Screen printing. Screen printing, where they can print 3D images on a regular piece, piece of, paper. of paper. yeah. Right. Which is kind of weird. Yeah, no, I mean, it's interesting. I don't know. I'm I'm a little, like, skeptical. Right. Because, I mean, yeah, maybe there was something, and it, we would never know. Right. I, I just, I don't know, I'm a little skeptical. Like I know. That, in one crazy, thing in dude. this life, I believe in it, it's extraterrestrial. There's other life in this universe I know, besides humans. I don't beings. doubt that there's other life in this universe. I just doubt when they have to send it through via crop circles. <laughs> like, why? <laughs> Like, why would they send it on... They're like, hey, you know what? Let's fuck with them. Let's put some shit in their fucking cornfields and hayfields. Like, come on. I, I don't know, but there is some fucking... They're like, I've got an intergalactic stamp. I'm not sure if Mike can attest <laughs> to this, but there is some crop circles out there that just, it don't seem feasible for a human to do. It doesn't seem. Doesn't I'm seem. skeptical. Yeah, I'm... I'm, I'm s- there's a lot of weird theories in regards to extraterrestrial life. I mean, I don't doubt that there is because it's too big a world, like universe. Yeah, now, there's as many what is it galaxies as there is grains of sand in every beach on Earth. Right, exactly. That's what I'm saying. It's it's just like this infinite amount of fucking world. There's no way yeah. with that amount of fucking infinity or whatever the fuck it is, as big as we can even imagine, that there wouldn't be life on some other planet. So. But that was what the first movie was about. Why is it pregnancy horror in the second movie? So the second movie, I think we go, we have to go back. So the guy, they go to the Mars to collect soil samples, and they accidentally hit something with some alien DNA and bring it back with them. Right. That alien DNA unthaws and infects the crew on their way back. Right. Unknowing They're, to them. Right. To them, they just feel like there was a, a Like mishap. they passed out or something. Right. So they come back, and they weren't allowed to have sex for the first 10 days they were back on Earth. Right. Of course, they break this. Dude finds out once he has sex, it instantly impregnates women. Right. And it, he, like, he like has sex with two women at the same time, which is kind of awkward, by the way, because, like, <laughs> she's, <laughs> like... chicks at the same yeah, time. Yeah, but it was, like, they're It's only sis- awkward if you're no, initiated. <laughs> it's, it's awkward because it was two sisters, Right. Well, it still it, sounds like a good time. Uh, the guy who... That's why I was thinking. It was like, of course Mike liked this movie because it was pretty much a right, porno. Exactly. But he didn't watch the right fucking movie. Uh, exactly. Now, so now I don't know. Essentially, what happens is, in the first movie, um, Natasha Henstridge character, Sil, S-I-L, decided that she wanted to procreate with some other creature. So she escapes the fucking... The DNA, because they found this DNA from the code that they sent back. It's a signal from extraterrestrial. They somehow engineered the DNA to make a fucking alien, half human, half alien. And then she goes out on a fuck rampage. (laughs) And she wants to fuck everything that there is, but some guys she doesn't want to fuck, so she kills them. But in the second one, the guy is infected, and he's fucking everything. And every time he has sex with somebody, it creates a baby. It creates a kid that That's grows weird. really fast. That's really what happens. Yeah, but like over, like literally, they have in sex a span of like two minutes. Yeah, oh, okay. it's like yeah. a baby, like in like a couple of minutes, and then it's just like, "Hey, what's up, Dad?" And they don't say shit the whole time. 
Yeah, he just, like, walks him into a bar. He's like, all right, now stand in the corner. Meanwhile, they decided to take one of the clones, because they they took, what was it, ten? Four. Four embryos. No, no, it was ten total. Four survived. One of them died. Three of them they kept. One of them they cloned into Natasha Henstridge's character named Syl in the first movie. And then the other two they put on ice. Right. So in the second movie... This, the the chick who was fighting against the creature that was killing people decides to go back to the fucking science lab and take one of the ovums that was shoved in with the DNA and grow another fucking alien so that they could test against it to protect us from alien invasion if they needed to. And that's why they created EVE, Extraterrestrial Vulnerability Experiment. Experiment, yeah. So that they could put her in a chamber, test out what would kill it, because it could regenerate all the time. Right. So the only thing that they figured out would work was fire, apparently, (laughs) in the first movie. Or a really big ammunition shell. A couple of quick things, little fun facts about this film. Okay. The first cover art for Species 2 shows Eve in a leather suit. Right. And that she never wore a leather suit in the yeah, film exactly. at all. I remember that. Right. Which is weird. I have one. What do you got? Uh, how they defeat the aliens in this movie was stolen from H.G. Wells' War of the Worlds, which yeah. it yeah. was actually bacteria that killed um, the aliens in War of the Worlds. Right. In this movie, it was a human virus that killed these. So it was kind of like they kind of borrowed it from it. A little bit. Right. So another little fun fact, Natasha Henstrig, uh, when she's being chased through the store, there is actually a cutout of her. Uh, I think, what beer was it? It was uh, Miller. Oh, really? Yeah. It's actually a cutout of her in the store advertising Miller. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> the beer of aliens. Uh, yeah. Edward Asner was going to play Dr. Herman Cornwell, but dropped out. Yeah. Ed Asner, man. Jesus Christ. That's some old shit right there. Right. Jesus. The he must have been like on his fucking deathbed at that fucking time. <laughs> Do we have any favorite scenes? I would have to say my favorite scene from Species 2 is when they finally get to the woman astronaut to try to stop her from appropriating or having sex, but they're too late. And by the time they post in the door, like the fucking this tentacle is busted out of her belly right and just smashed her husband's face against the wall yeah that's it, one of my favorites it's definitely probably the best scene in the movie yeah because it was like what the fuck it was brutal it was like tentacles are coming out it slammed the the, the boyfriend up against the wall because like one of the ask the female astronaut right right she gets she's like screaming as these tentacles are like slamming her husband on the face on the wall and then they like shoot the fucking cord of the of the alien tentacle. Right. Michael that, Madsen did. Right. It's either that scene or the actual end sex scene with the two aliens going oh, at yeah, it. Oh, yeah, that's pretty cool. That was so Geiger-esque. It was just, it was on point. It was great. What's your favorite scene, Mike? I'm kidding. I know. Just, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's fucked up and watched the wrong movie. <laughs> Species 2 had the pregnant scene. A lot of pregnant women who had babies in, like, minutes. Right. So that's why we picked that, especially because of the breaking out scene where the, the astronaut has a, a baby, like where it just shoots out, which yeah. is crazy. But another movie that we picked and I was a big fan of and I wanted them to watch, which I'm glad you guys got to finally watch, 
was the movie Inside from 2007 by directors Julian Maury and Alexandre Bustillo. They were the directors of Livid or Livid, some people say. ABCs of Death 2, they had a bit part in there. And their upcoming movie is called Leatherface, which is the retelling of Leatherface as a child. It's fantastic. Right. So... Uh, it was starring Beatrice Dolly, who was one of my women in horror picks for the She's a Killer uh, day. Uh, I loved her in it. I thought she was fucking wicked and crazy and demented as fuck and unyielding, for Christ's sake. And then Alison Paradis. Um, but the story, to give you guys kind of a breakdown on that, is four months after the death of her husband, a woman on the brink of motherhood is tormented in her home by a strange woman who wants her unborn baby. Give me the baby! I'll just kick it off why I like this movie. I personally think, while it doesn't have a strong storyline, it is a nice glance into the world of fucked up, demented, brutal fucking murders. Dude, yeah. it is It is very unyielding. I can once definitely, it see gets that, going. definitely see that. Yeah, and that's yeah. what I love about it. Like, I know some of you guys are really into stories and stuff, but I think true horror doesn't have to make sense. And I think recently I just posted on Facebook and that if you learn the science of why there is horror, you've lost the horror of the movie. Right. And I think it's important that you guys remember that while it's nice and interesting to have this weird, complex story, you can have those movies, but it doesn't always have to be explained. Because to me, what is horrifying is not understanding why something is happening. Right. To let your imagination just run away. Right. Like, why is this happening to me? I'm scared out of my mind. Why am I fucking going to die? Like, that is scary. Right. When you can rationalize with the way that you're going to die or why something is happening, then you immediately take away the dread from the situation. Right. And And I I just feel like like Like, we've talked about this a couple of times, but like, the first Blair Witch movie. The reason it was scary is because they left it to your imagination right. to but develop it does, this character. In, in fairness, it doesn't have a lot of lasting power now. Right. Partially because everybody believed it was true. Yeah. But what about you, Mike? What'd you think? Uh, about the actual movie? Yeah. Uh, it had its gore. It, it was very gory, exceptionally gory. Right. But it didn't really work for me. Really? Well, explain. Well, because uh, uh, like you were saying, it's I'm I'm kind of the opposite uh, opposite of the spectrum. Right. It had no story, no plot, no. I mean, it kind of had it there a little bit, but I was watching it going like I didn't really care what was going on. Right. I was just I I oh, the only reason I kept watching it was because I wanted to see what more gore I could see. Right. Okay. And um, it's one of those movies that like I I'm not sad that I watched I'm glad that I saw it right because I'd never seen it I'm like okay this is pretty cool and I would tell somebody hey if you're into really extreme gore check this film out but if you're really if you want to look for a story and plot development stuff like that don't look here right and and that's not a knock but just just as long as you know that this film is this is what this film is it's pretty much a vessel for gore yeah exactly well and you know what and I mentioned this to you before Uh, Because we briefly talked about this, and I said that, you know, Lucio Fulci had this whole thing that he wanted to do where he was trying to just make horror movies. It didn't have to make sense. And to me, I love that aspect because I think so many fucking movies get diluted with fucking some fucking supposed super story that That people... That it kind of loses its luxury. Well, and not only that, it's sometimes the story's stupid. Right. 
And then they fucking push it on you and force it down your throat. And then it's like, well, I don't like this movie because I don't like that it's preachy nature. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like, sometimes I just want to go on a ride. I want to go into a haunted house and I want to be fucking scared. I know. And, and I, I see where you're coming from with that. But, like, it's speaking of, like, the next movie we're going to talk about. Yeah. You know. But don't mention it yet. I know. But, but that other movie, to me, is 1,000 times more horrifying than... Anything we've ever talked cool. about. Cool, and and, and I'm uh, and I don't want anybody to think that I'm not into movies with story. You're not, obviously yeah. you're not. I mean, I mean everybody, everybody has their thing that they're into. Right. I mean, like, I just like, think there's just different. It's like it's almost like a prism of different types of horror. Yeah. Like for example, like uh, I I'm scared as fuck of, of spiders. Right. <laughs> you that, know, and that, I don't rationalize with that. I know, but I'm saying like everybody's different. Right. They have their own different things what they're into. No, I'm with you on that one. So did you like Kingdom of Spiders? I I did not watch it. <laughs> did you ever watch Arachnophobia? Oh, I did. Oh God. Bad news, bears. <laughs> Bad. I, I'm just saying like it had a lot of cool points for me. Okay. You know, and I thought it was cool. But it's really not my thing. Okay. But I'm not knocking the filmmaker. I'm not knocking anybody who likes it because if this film works for you, it works for you. And okay. That's end of conversation. Right. Everybody's well, into different things. It, and on another note, I would say that if you're a fan of like things like Martyrs, which is a little more deeper than this movie, obviously, uh, or maybe like High Tension. Oh, that was that was a good one. Like these are like the directors themselves are fans of '80s uh, horror movies. Specific ones in particular that I can't remember off the top of my head right now, but they were going for an aesthetic that was very French art house hmm. with like this extreme brutalness added to it. So go ahead, Pat. What were you going to say? I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was very visceral, very unyielding, very, very fucking bloody. Um, yeah. Extremely core. I was yeah, like, when I first core. saw this movie, I was like, Actually, the reason I found out about this movie is because it was during a time when I was working on music more than being able to focus on horror movies. So I didn't really know about it. But when I watched it, I was like, I saw somebody did a music video with their music and it had this scene in it. I was like, Jesus Christ, what is this brutal fucking shit right here? And then I looked it up and found that it was this movie that had been out last year. And I was like, "Oh my god, I gotta watch this." <laughs> but go ahead, sorry. I also, I also liked the main antagonist. I thought she was great. You kept, you wanted her to escape, but you, you just knew it was never gonna happen. Right. There was some scenes in this movie that I kind of looked away a little bit, dude. Like, like I was like, "Ooh, no, no, no." I'll just say the cat. I couldn't watch. Really? Oh, tough. No, I, tough I couldn't watch. I'm like, once she started, like, stroking it, I'm like, I, yeah, I know where this is Oh, oh. Yeah, at that time, I think I just lit a cigarette, and I went to go open the door, and I came back, and it was over. And I was like, okay, cool. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> the girl, the pregnant woman, was sleeping, and the crazy woman comes in, Beatrice Dolly, and stabs the part of the, the scissors. Oh, in, the navel? Into her navel. Yeah. Oh, like, she's trying to, like, extra, like, yeah. And the way it pops in and shit. Ooh, and the way that she sl- like slashed her face afterwards, right? Like, oh, god, dude. And it's like she's not some supernatural force; she's just some crazy bitch. Yeah, you know. But what they I mean? really at the beginning of the film, they at least I did. It made me feel like it was the devil or some kind of supernatural force that was coming after her baby. I just looked at it as a very raw version of how fucked up humans can be, right? And how emotionally tied they are to their children. And how, I don't know, just how fragile that sort of thing is. Right. 
and the balance of life and death because birth you know pregnancy is like the beginnings of life and she's going around killing people mm. so it almost like takes both opposite ends of the spectrum and mashes them together my favorite part of this film mm-hmm. would have to be the very beginning after she's done seeing the doctor and she's kind of in the waiting room and there's a nurse that sits next to her and starts talking oh, yeah. about her pregnancy. Twat. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then she just lights up a cigarette. I'm like, I know. What just, the fuck? Yeah, I know. Shows you a different time, I guess. But that whole conversation was just gold. Yeah, it was weird. Uh, Do you know that this movie was actually filmed f- the same way as the script? Really? From start to finish, they shot the movie in order. Wow. Oh, like in sequence? Yeah. Wow, that's interesting. Interesting, right? Yeah. And I think partially that might have been because, I don't know, you know, some movies don't need to be shot in different things, and I know they do it for cost sometimes, like yeah. like how they can organize things to make it work. Yeah, like cheaper flights to certain areas. Well, yeah, because they have to kind of organize how much it is, but this took place in an entire house. Yeah, it's, it's probably, it, you know, honestly, I think it was because the film was so bloody, like you can't shoot That's the other thing I was yeah. thinking. Yeah, yeah, it's so bloody you can't go back and clean everything up. Right. It, it makes economic- Actually, when I watched the bathroom scene when she yeah. was in there, you could oh. see that the, the grout was pink. Yeah. So they had to redo it at some I, point. I don't know if, if that was the case or they just shot in a in a house that had like dirty grout. No, I, I was paying attention for some odd reason. Okay. And there's a lot of this stuff that happens in this movie where it's like, come on, dude. Why didn't you think of that? Why didn't you just fucking do that one thing that would right. make everything better? Yeah, there's some parts that go, why would you do that? But there was some really cool, like, like they shoot the, what was it, a flashbang gun? It was like a gun that, like, shoots a flash out or something into his eyes. Like a flare gun so, or something? Yeah, it was like a cop or something, remember? Oh, He yeah. had that double barrel flash, he called it a flash bulb. Yeah, yeah. But it burned out the fucking cop's eyes yeah. when he was trying to turn on the lights and shit. Like, I don't know. There was, like, there was a fucking... One of my favorite scenes, which is kind of fucked up, is when she was stabbing him, that dude in the crotch, that Pierre Oh, guy. yeah, oh. Cutting, cutting his dick off. Dude, she dude. was just stabbing that was, that was into his crotch. Yeah. That was I was hardcore, like, Jesus yeah. Christ. Yeah, I cringed bad. a little bit. Yeah, like, and then he still survived. And I'm, like, thinking to myself, like, if I just got stabbed in the crotch and cut my throat and shit... Like, how would I be reacting right now? <laughs> like, and he just wakes up out of pain and shit, you know what I mean? Like, he's still... Uh, it was pretty crazy. There was a remake that was made for this movie in 2016. Really? It or not. Yeah, it's called Inside as well. It's another Americanized version. Just yeah. like they did. But here's the thing. It's like, Probably I don't want to be too harsh that there was a remake because I've heard some people say that the remake of Martyrs was pretty decent. And I haven't seen that one yet. Partially because I'm a little... Well, I'm partial to the first one. Actually, I'm pretty sure that Leatherface is the only movie that's actually going to be in theaters in America for the first time. Hmm. Hmm. So, uh, to be honest, some of the more brutal movies I've seen are French films. Dude, did you ever see uh, uh, Autopsy? Yeah. French one right there. That's what I'm saying. It is fantastic. Yeah, it's like... It seems like they just are... I don't know. Like, I always thought, like, of France, like, as the love capital of the world. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you, you learn that as a kid, like, poems and art and, and, art and music and yeah, but all they, this. They know what they're doing. Yeah, they're pretty the, brutal. The, the French and, and the Italians, they know what they're doing. Apparently, yeah. yeah. 
All the love countries, huh? <laughs> so they must have a lot, so much love well, pushing in their face. Love and hate supposed to be very close together in the brain. Well, you have to understand either, I guess. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, there was one last movie that we did want to talk about, and we actually picked this one for last because, my God, there's so much a history to it. And this was actually Mike's choice. Yeah, this is actually one of my favorite movies, dude. Hands down. Uh, Rosemary's Baby. Uh, shot in 1968. That's when it came out. Um, directed by Roman Polanski, and he actually worked on the screenplay. And uh, the, uh, Mr. Roman Diddlefingers <laughs> yeah, Polanski. Roman Fingers, thirteen-year-old Diddlefingers <laughs> Polanski. But uh, sorry, no, that's right. Speaking uh, about Jeepers Creepers, I'm just kidding. <laughs> there, uh, there's, a, I, have a, I, have a, I have a handful of factoids we can talk about. Talk okay. about, and then I we can go into his. Uh, well, let's first talk about who acted in it, and oh, then we'll do uh, it. So. Yeah, dude, Mia Farrow, who was actually, uh, during the time, was actually married to uh, Frank Sinatra. Mm-hmm. And I heard after the production, she actually, that's when she broke up with Frank Sinatra. Really? Yeah, right after So she the, was like the hot new thing. Yeah. And uh, uh, John Cassavetes was in it. He played her counterpart in the film, and he's actually a director and another actor, and pretty famous guy. Yeah, he was in uh, The Dirty Dozen, that psychic movie, uh, The Fury. Oh yeah, which I I don't remember the year on it actually, and uh, this is the this is kind of the the weird part too, uh, produced by Bill Castle, right? Who produced like uh, The Tingler, House on Haunted Hill, and Thirteen Ghosts. A lot of low budget kind of yeah, a lot of low films. budget, really campy fucking films. So a lot of people were surprised that he was able to do a film like this, right? Because well, th- this is the film that really launched Polanski in the American landscape. Well, and originally he had bought the book, the novel. Oh, yeah? He bought the rights to it, um, and so it was up in the air to see if he was going to direct the film or not. Damn. And I think secretly a lot of people didn't want him to, so they had Roman Polanski uh, do it. Mr. I'm... Diddlefingers. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, it's so disrespectful, but hey, that's what you get for diddling. Yeah. Yeah. But you yeah, but, yourself. Uh, Polanski did a great job, man. Well, let's tell us about the story. What is it essentially about? Basically about this girl and her husband, and he's an actor. They move into this new apartment in New York City. Mm-hmm. They want to have a kid. She's not willing to have a kid. Well, she's, I don't know if she's not willing to have a kid. They want to have a kid, but they haven't had one yet. Okay. Uh, finally, she gets pregnant. A bunch of weird stuff starts happening, uh, and her husband uh, starts getting better and better acting roles. Right. And it's kind of awkward. His neighbors are more nosier. Her, her neighbors are more nosier. They're making her drink all these weird drinks and all this weird shit happens. Right. Turns out she's actually giving birth to the son of Satan. Yeah. Uh, Which they, you know, they don't say that in the in the story, but... It, it's either the, the Antichrist or the son of Satan. It is an Antichrist sort of movie. Yeah, it's very, very, like, old school. Right, like, and it's a two-hour and 20-minute movie. Yeah, it's yeah, it's old school, man. Did you know that Mira Farrow actually won... An Academy Award for that role. That's really? awesome. And, yeah, 1968. Wow. It's crazy, right? Yeah. And it's fantastic. And she was in another horror movie before this. or I'm not sure if it was before or after, but it was See No Evil. Oh, dude. Which was a kind of a crazy film. And she even acted as Peter Pan in a fucking TV movie. But yeah, uh, she was in it. Like I said, Bill Castle produced it. One thing, too, which is even bizarre. I mean, this is way outside of the box. But uh, during the production of the film, uh, Polanski was actually married to Sharon Tate. Right. And big, what, big, big deal there. Yeah. And uh, I think she uh, don't quote me, but I think she was actually had a bit part in the movie. I don't remember. I think she did do something, but maybe not. I don't know. 
a movie came out in 68 and 69 when she was pregnant. She was actually killed by the Manson family in her house in L.A. Right. Which is wacko. Part of the Helter Skelter murders. Yeah. Which they, uh, she was, uh, what was it, eight or nine months pregnant? Something like that. With her kid, with Roman Polanski's kid. Yeah. And she fucking got murdered. Like, that's pretty fucked up. It was at 69 that she got murdered. Yeah. The movie came out in 68, so it was literally like right back to back. And the and the really crazy thing is is that when he killed his wife, he can, he was talking about Helter Skelter, the Beatles song that came out in 68 as well, or was it 68 or 67? Helter Skelter. Anyway, he Anyway, fucking that song was the one that that triggered Manson. There's a few small interesting pieces from the film I want to bring up but nothing major crazy but just interesting okay there's a sequence towards the uh, let's say towards the end of the film the last third of the film where Mia Farrow or Rosemary mm-hmm. uh, I think it's right after she got out I don't know if she, where she just got out of the phone booth and she has to walk across traffic and she's walking through New York City traffic okay they were just shooting like on location with actual traffic right yeah and, I heard about this and, part. Pl- and yeah. Polanski's just like just fucking walk across traffic and she's like I don't want to get hit by cars and he's like dude nobody's gonna hit a pregnant woman just fucking right. walk across traffic fuck it so like when you watch that scene that she's literally just walking across not getting hit by actual traffic which kind of raises the question a little bit by how wacko Polanski is about women <laughs> lack of concern for women in a way right. oh yeah like there's maybe this stemmed from some earlier thing because I mean, if you guys aren't aware, like in 1977, I believe he was convicted. Well, he wasn't convicted. He was charged with rape of a 13 year old. He was convicted, though. Who he sodomized, supposedly, and then got away with it. I think he escaped. Go ahead. And I, I read some stuff on it. I was like, maybe he got the raw end of the deal. You know, when I first started learning about it. Right. But the more I started researching it, when I actually saw an interview with the girl who he allegedly raped. Right. It sounded fucked up. Right. Like really jacked up. So basically this 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 is from this is the, from the interview that I, I watched in regards to the girl who he supposedly raped. Okay. So uh, she was 13 years old. Right. And uh, her mom hooked her up with a – through like a mutual friend to do the uh, photo shoot with Polanski. Okay. And uh, the the girl didn't know who Polanski was. She had no idea what his background was or whatever. She had no idea because she's a 13-year-old girl. She's just, like, trying to make it into Hollywood. Okay. So Polanski takes her out to the woods and does a photo shoot in the woods. And I don't know who all was with him in the woods during the time, but from what I read was uh, they did a lot of pictures, a lot of uh, uh, costume changes. But because they were in the woods, there was no place to go change. Right. So the girl was saying, like, hey, I want to be professional. I'm not going to let it bother me. I'm just going to change. I don't care. And she would change in front of Polanski, and he would just watch her when she would change. And this Ugh, is coming. This is coming creep. from. Yeah, this is coming from her. Yeah, that's creepy. Yeah. And then, uh, and then eventually he got to the point where he started doing topless pictures of her in the woods. And she's thirteen. Okay. And then eventually they finish the shoot. Everything's all good. And he sets up a second shoot. Okay. And he does this at Jack Nicholson's house. Uh, Nicholson is actually. Oh, out of, that's right. Yeah. Nick, Nicholson is. They actually, were trying to connect him to it and. Go He's ahead. like, I wasn't even there. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> well, yeah, from what I understand, Nicholson wasn't even around. He was out of town shooting another movie. He just let Polanski use his house for the photo shoot. Right. So he gets the girl over to the house, starts doing photos of her, and she's, like I said, 13 years old. I don't know how old Polanski was. I'm guessing in his 20s or 30s. Not quite out sure. In his skeevy years. <laughs> skeevy years. But he starts giving her a bunch of champagne and stuff, getting her kind of wasted. They go outside of the house doing photos. 
He gets her top off, starts doing topless photos of her again. And then he's like, hey, let's take this into the jacuzzi. Takes her to the jacuzzi, starts doing pictures in the jacuzzi of her. And she didn't say exactly how naked she was, but she said it was, she was almost naked or pretty close to naked. So panties. Pretty, yeah, probably that's what it is. And, and Polanski got totally naked and got in the pool in the jacuzzi with her. And she started flipping out because she's like, I want to get the, I want to do the photo shoot. I want to be professional. But at the same time, this is getting weird. So yeah. she faked like she was having a, a asthma attack. So she went into the house and he went in after her. He tried to like make her feel better. And then this is where it gets fucking weird. Uh, he, in order to help her feel safer, he tried to give her quaaludes. Wow. And she's like, uh, you know, I don't feel comfortable taking these because I don't know what they are, blah, blah, blah. But like I said, she wanted to be professional. This was a, a paid gig. He, he, this is a professional photographer guy, so I'll go ahead and take him. So she takes the quaaludes. She kind of trips out. He takes her into a dark room and supposedly rapes her. Sodomizes her. Yeah, that's what it was. Jack Nicholson's uh, girlfriend at the time actually showed up at his house and heard them in the bedroom. They came out, and she said that she didn't think anything was weird was going on. But then they wound up leaving. So then uh, um, Polanski goes to take her home. And as he's taking her home, says like, hey, you know, don't tell your mom what happened. This is between us. This is you know, a private thing. And the minute she gets home, she tells her mom about what happened. And then her mom flipped, of course. Her mom flipped, called the cops, and shit hit the fan. Right. And this is where I'm on the fence about stuff. I mean, he's a fucking... He really sounds like a creepazoid. Uh, obviously. Of, yeah. yeah. I mean, kinda? Like, no, he's a fucking creep, dude. I know. You but, don't ever get in that situation, for one, with a 13-year-old. I know. You don't fucking go and give them quaaludes on top of it. <laughs> you fucking let go and fucking move away. Like, I don't care. 13 years old? Like, I'm sure he was older than 20. So, he goes to... He winds up going to uh, uh, court over the issue. Psychiatric. And they give him, like, and this, granted, I watched multiple documentaries and read multiple reports, and some of them don't quite match up. So this is the best I could extrapolate from what I read. Right, okay. But uh, he goes to court, uh, and he pleads not guilty. The judge is like, fuck you, you're totally guilty. And they, they pin, like, multiple counts on the guy, right? Wow. And then the judge says... <clears throat> yeah, hey, sodomy, like... Yeah, exactly. Sex with an underage, like, uh, like... Uh, oh, oh, drugging... Yeah. Like illicit drugs. Exactly. Yeah. And then the the judge is pretty much like, hey, dude, um, if you plead guilty and you do this plea bargain, we'll drop all the charges except for the one where you had sex with an underage person. Yeah. So pretty much it would be like statutory rape. Right. And then if you do that, we'll give you 42 days in, in jail and you got to do psychiatric evaluation, which is going to take place in jail. Which he did the psychic evaluation possibly or whatever. Yeah. So he says, okay, I'll go ahead and take it. So he goes to jail. Does the 42 days, uh, does a psychiatric evaluation, and I think, like I said, don't quote me because this is from multiple sources, but I think the judge gave him like an extra 10 days or something or and some extra time, uh, but the ju- uh, but the psychiatric people basically said, okay, he's cool to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think they did a psychic evaluation first. They could have. And then they, he found out while he was at a bar from one of his friends that he might be going to jail for the rest of his life. Well, I think they have to do... this is where the, the information that I got mixed up, because, like, on Wiki it says this, but you also watch, like, two documentaries. So. Yeah, from, from what I... Oh, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, I think before they could even put you in general population in jail... They have to see if you're have, crazy or they not. Have to, yeah, they have to see whether where you belong. And this was back in that day when it's probably something that they looked into. Right. Yeah, from what I heard was uh, uh, 
the judge w- uh, went to a uh, country club or like a golf club. Okay. And he was in the uh, like shower room or the the locker room, and somebody that knew uh, Polanski was in there as well uh, as part of the club, and somebody had talked to the judge or something, and the judge decided to say, you know, fuck this, I'm gonna pull the plea bargain away, and give the guy anywhere from fifty years to hundred years in prison. Wow. So then the guy who knew Polanski told Polanski, hey, you're probably going to get 100 years in prison. And the day of his court case, he fucking he bounced. jumped on a fucking plane Fra- hours before. He bounced to France. To France. And yeah. he's been, he will stay away from any countries that are, will extradite him. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of fucked up. Yeah, man. And, 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 and what a preface to see this wonderful movie that we all love. <laughs> and, and but the, I guess this is pre-rape, but still, it kind of makes you feel dirty. Yeah. it's a, it, Well, in, in a way, it makes me feel dirty, but in the same way, I also look at the film and see, like, what clues I could find in his film direction and writing and, and like, how he, why he was, like, attached to the Rosemary's Baby of why, and a kind of, in a way, Mia Farrow was, like, a sweet, innocent kind of naive naive girl yeah even the way she and it kind of reminded me of like a young girl in a way oh yeah and this didn't happen this movie was shot in like what 67 probably right yeah and then like came out in 68 and he didn't do this until like 77 so but you were spot on about that everything the way she acted the way she talked because when we were watching it we were like damn dude she seems so naive right well, the, the whole movie, I've heard it being considered as, like, some people say it's a very big, like, uh, feminist movie. Right. But I see it as very misogynistic. I kind of do, do, too. too. Yeah. Especially, Especially how her husband talks to her and yeah. shit. Oh, like, yeah. like, oh, don't read. You shouldn't be reading books. Like, right, yeah. Oh, yeah, you're, you're, like, your hair, your hair oh, you're just stupid. stupid. Yeah, you're fucking you're just I just didn't stupid want woman. you to get upset. Right. Well, and he we've heard all the stories that Hollywood is a hotbed for fucking sex rings and shit like yeah. that. You know, like, trying to get fucking sexual favors for stuff. But like eyes as, wide shut or something like that. I guess. Uh, but aside from that, I mean, not a bad movie for Mister Diddlefingers. No, uh, God is dead. Satan lives. <laughs> that had to be my favorite scene of the movie. Was that old lady says that? That <laughs> she just has that shit eating grin on her face. Like it made me chuckle from the bottom of my soul. You know what else Polanski did? That's a really great movie. What's that? Obviously, The Ninth Gate. Yeah, yeah. I didn't like that movie. Oh, I oh, loved it. Are you talking about with um, Johnny Depp? Yeah. yeah. I fucking hate that movie. I don't oh, like... I love it. It's the greatest it movie It always ever. takes me to the wrong place. Like, I feel like I, I was like, okay, we're going to Wally World, and then we they show up at fucking turn. Burger King. Yeah, and I'm like, like so... what the fuck? Right. I, I like it because it, it makes me feel like, uh, it's almost like people try to seek out Satan because they have this desire to, like, go into the evil areas of their mind or whatever, but you can't seek out him. He has to seek out you. Right. right, and that's why I like that movie. Yeah, I, I, I really that. enjoyed that movie until the ending. Yeah. Oh, well, it was the ending that flopped for me. Uh, did you have any thoughts, Alex? Well, I one I just wanted to say that the song in the movie "Rosemary's Baby" was sung by Mia Farrow, actually. Oh, really? Um, and she, yeah, it's like I could tell it was her voice, but I didn't know. I looked it up, and I was like, yeah, she actually sang the song, and I remember before. You know, years ago, Phantomas put out a fucking album. Which is fan- fantastic. It's called The Director's Cut, and they did a bunch of songs from, like, The Godfather and all these other fucking movies, but one of them was Rosemary's Baby, and it's fucking creepy, dude. Also, there was barely any cuts in the movie, by the way. You know, a lot of long, they, uh, long they, shots? Yeah, they did a lot of long shots with minimal cuts. Hmm. So everybody had to do these long shots orchestrated and everything. 
in order to do it. And sometimes they did cut it in like intelligent ways. I like this movie and in and, and, and some small way, even though it's not any way related, it just kind of gives me the vibe of Suspiria in a way. Yeah. Like, I don't know how to explain it. Like, no, I got that. This is like a witch movie, guys. And it's it's like witches are coming back right now. I wouldn't say they're like zombies or anything like that, but I don't know. Like, I feel like this has like that old blood witches kind of thing. And I don't know. I, I kind of like it, but I feel so wrong for liking this movie. I know. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, I, I feel the same. It's kind of like Jeepers Creepers. Like, I can't fucking watch Jeepers Creepers without thinking about Mr. Diddlefingers over here. Who fucking, you know, I don't even know what he did. I can't even remember because I just don't even want to think about it. But I don't know. Like, he really likes to put shirt, shirtless boys in his movies. Well, it's kind of interesting time. to see, like, art can be made no matter what, regardless of who it is. I mean, even John Wayne Gacy did artwork. <laughs> right. And he sold it while he was in prison. He had somebody selling yeah. his artwork. Charlie Manson's a painter and a musician, isn't he? He's also a dumbass. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he he's not real out, bright. Yeah, he's pretty out there. How did he get all those people? I don't know. But honestly, Rosemary's Baby is one of the earlier classic horror films of the 60s that I think really stands out. And it kind of has... It has enough staying power that it could be a movie today. Like, I don't know. Like, it's a I very classic horror movie and it really makes you feel bad for Mia Farrow's character like your whole world has just changed overnight and it's really fucked up in a way you know what I mean it really encapsulates how uh, uh, the climate was towards women in the 60s right mm. you know because because they're treated like objects you know yeah, it and is kind of and it really that really yeah the, the the stay in your fucking kitchen kind of yeah, and attitude. Where's my dinner? Kind yeah, of bullshit. We may, yeah, we may make jokes like that now and then, but obviously we're not like that. No, absolutely no. Not. I'm not. And it it just bothers the fuck out of me, man. Well, I, it's just weird seeing it. I, I watched some of these older films, and it is really apparent. Uh, her character was very Catholic in the movie, right? And, and she was real Catholic. In yeah, Mia Fair was very Catholic uh, herself. Yeah, you said mentioned something about yeah uh, how she wouldn't say hail Satan. Yeah, because at the end of the movie, when she sees the the child in the 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 crib. And everybody starts saying Hail Satan. She was supposed to say Hail Satan herself. Was that in the book? I don't know if it was in the book, but that's what Plansky wanted. Okay. But uh, she wasn't willing to say it because she was Catholic. So she says, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, God, oh, God. But I think it's better that she said that. And that's when he's like, oh, God is dead. Satan reigns. Yeah. And I think it's better that she said that. I think so, too. I would have been turned off. Yeah, It would have felt too sudden. It it already felt too sudden with the way the movie ended. I don't want to spoil it for anybody, but it felt a little too sudden. Like, why is she just into it? But in the same respect, it's like you love your child. Yeah. So there's this like... It's her maternal instinct of being a mother. Right. It's like this weird gray area. Just like when you love somebody and they're mistreating you, it's like there's this weird gray area in your mind because you love them. Yeah. And you don't necessarily know why, and you don't know if it's justified, but you do. So you kind of accept certain things. So, wow, that got deep and really dark. Yeah, balls, um, balls deep. But that was our baby on board episode. Again, guys, if you haven't already, please follow us on our Facebook, our YouTube, our Twitter, our Instagrams. Instagrams. Anything that you can find us on SoundCloud, let us know on our social media. If you want to let us know a Grave Plots episode uh, that you want us to delve into and we might pick out of a hat, you could win a free DVD. We don't know when we're going to do it, but we want to at least get like 10. And so far we have a couple. 
Um, but we definitely want to have more. So if you're sitting there going, well, somebody else will do it. No, you're going to do it because you're interested in the segment. So let us know. Anything else you guys want to add? Don't sleep with any uh, astronauts. Wear a condom. You never know where they've been. Yeah. Clearly wear a condom. If you're going to try to blow yourself, don't, don't blow out of your back. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I think the moral of the story here, guys, is, um, don't trust pregnant women. No, I don't know. (laughs) Like, uh, there, there's bad things all around us. We're all going to die. Even in life is in death. And, uh, yeah, it's a pretty scary place out there, huh? No, yeah. Mm. I've been dying since the day I was born. <laughs> no, I, you guys have a fucking good week, and I hope you guys enjoyed our uh, podcast. Yeah, if you made it all the way to the end, let us know. Glad to have you guys uh, stick around, checking us out. Thanks for stopping by, guys. Have a good one. And we'll see you next Monday. See ya. Beyond the Veil Horror Podcast. Tune in every Monday for a new episode.